This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're actually not two men, but maybe only one man. But then there's this other guy, and he's a podcaster too, and we all might be the same dude. As we watch Spine 231 of the Criterion Collection, Robert Altman's Three Women from 1977. But first, RJ, mm. uh, how are you doing? What? How, how Is that you... really what you're going to open with? Yeah. I'm asking. I'm very curious. How are you, how are you doing? I mean, I'm, f- I'm fair to Midland as uh, the new Newfoundlanders. The Newfies say, Jarrett. You ever heard that one? I know that uh, some say that saying Newfie is rife with some problematic things. Why? I don't know. Is that is that like saying instead of Alberta, you could say Burton? Berta? Oh, oh, man. You don't say that in mixed company, dude. Berta? Is that is that bad news also? Yeah. yeah. How come? Oh, you, I don't know. You have to ask, man. Man, get, see, it's get, good. Get, 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 stop being so ignorant, RJ. <laughs> but I like being ignorant. I don't do anything bad. I don't have any ill will against anyone. I, I enjoy the ignorance, like Cypher from The Matrix. It's bliss because I didn't know that these were problematic things to say. Who's going to tell me? Our four listeners? They don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm fine. How good. are you doing, Jerry? I'm great. Yeah, I'm outstanding. I should probably plug my computer in. No, uh, maybe. Sometimes my audio skips out. You think it's gonna do it? Uh, well, no. I think we're good. Uh, no, I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm still doing my da- doing my dang thing. Yeah. I uh, oh, work did, a little bit. Going through your life, I, the dark dance. The dark dance did a lot of spring cleaning. A lot of things that were marked for get rid of these by the misses. So that's good. <laughs> A lot of Jarrett type stuff, you know. Right. The the lot, smut. The smut. Yeah, there is a there's some questionable things in there. So uh doing some spring cleaning. The weather's weather's getting nice. I got like some clover on my lawn. I don't know how to get rid of it. Clover, eh? It's like this clovery thing and I've sprayed it before, but I don't like using too many like chemicals on my lawn because there's like neighborhood cats and stuff like that and it's like I don't want plus it's like go green, man. Because I, I don't actually care about weeds myself, but I know that it's like a social standard you have to like uphold to that your lawn can't be like real shit. <laughs> do, do you ever have clover on your lawn? No. Do you think there's anyone listening that can help me out with this I mean, situation? I, I hope so. Okay. God, God, I hope so. Oh, actually, while we're on uh, listener feedback, uh, that big sugary bastard, he... He suggested I use the snipping tool to uh, get around uh, Criterion Channel's copyright uh, protections, but uh, that didn't work either. That was also blacked out. So uh, I'm back to square one. Um, People may have noticed that the Instagram is less active than ever. That's mostly one because it's like, well, I don't know if uh, it's the right time for this. And then two, it's like I can't take pictures anyways. So it's kind of a bummer. You know what I mean? I was kind of like, what are you talking about? Now I'm like, oh, yeah, the screen cap problem. The screen cap problem. Yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. But, you know, we might be canceled anyways soon. Because, any, like, it seems like a lot of big Hollywood and uh, entertainment-style <laughs> podcasts or things of that nature are all getting uh, getting oh, canceled. Dear. Oh, so, dear. Oh, uh, dear. 
Who, who knows? Shock, who knows when... sh- shockwaves no more? Question no mark? more? I never would have thought that we'd, we would have outlasted them because actually kind of like funny is we were actually like on started at the same time and we're or around the same time or we're at the same pace. We were more consistent. They missed times all, all over. So maybe they started like a couple months before us or something. But... Uh, I think they started that summer. Yeah, so they were, they started a little bit before, but they missed a lot of weeks. So I think we eventually overtook them, but we were pretty close with like their episode count. We were like ten or fifteen off from them or something. Uh yeah, not even. I, I at don't one think. point, like they were damn close to getting to two hundred, I think. And uh, now they are no more for now. So I don't know. Should we talk about this? Is kind of in the news topic. Uh, I guess like longtime close listeners would be aware Mm -hmm. that uh, there's a podcast that we often Mm -hmm. we we would reference here and there, a horror podcast Mm -hmm. um, called Shockwaves. Yes. And uh, recently, there's been a big. uh, Oh yeah, they got up to episode 192. So that's pretty. So yeah, we were only like eight ahead. Yeah. Now nine. So. this company called Cinestate, they've like been kind of been brought up a lot in the letterboxed community. Um, Mm -hmm. They're, I'm talking out of my ass a little bit here, so I might get some of the facts wrong. That's going to be our scandal then. That's our scandal. But there are some, some things about how there was a producer that worked for this uh, company that uh, was real Weinstein, I guess. Uh, Which one? Harvey or Bob? uh big old big harv okay so yeah yeah well i think when i say heart weinstein i think most people kind of know what, what you're talking about i i know this guy named bill weinstein well, he's a heck of a well, good guy but does anyone know who bill weinstein is i do okay yeah context so, rj context sure sure continue so this guy was a, apparently a real creepo and there seemed to be like there was a real effort to protect this creepo Mm-hmm. And uh, this was like found out about like a couple months ago. I read about this and I went, "Oh, geez, that's weird." And it's like all these recent movies, like that Satanic Panic. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess he was a producer on it, and there was like um, mm. strong allegations about this guy. Anywho, uh, this this expose from like Dread Central or one of the horror blogs or horror websites, they wrote like a whole thing about it, detailing it, and everyone's like, "Oh shit." And this company's got to correct itself. And of course, so mm-hmm. they, I'm not sure how it works out. There's Cinestate and then there's RLJ, I think. And that's the company that also produces uh, the S. Craig Zoller movies. And mm-hmm. so when people started hearing about how like this Cinestate company is like backed by, you know, oil money and it's mm-hmm. right wing, uh, everyone started going, I hate <laughs> S. Craig Zoller movies because his movies are mm-hmm. all right wing movies. Etc. And it's like I, I don't. I no longer sure. enjoy this movie. So mm-hmm. they rewrote history about. I hate this movie now. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, so Shockwaves was a podcast that kind of fell under the Fangoria umbrella. Yeah. But but they're also still being. Uh, they're still related to Blumhouse to a degree. I'm so I'm very like I'm very confused about like mm-hmm. how where these demarcations are and who's paying for what. But I think ultimately. Yeah. It's like the three founders, I guess, of uh, Elric, Rebecca, and Rob, who like kind of like started Killer POV until mm-hmm. it ended, and then became Shockwave shortly thereafter. And that's when I actually started first listening to it. Mm-hmm. 
but so I guess there was a lot of like, we're leaving Fangoria. We completely are distancing ourselves from this scandal and we're going to continue doing shockwaves on our own. Everyone's like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, there's been some new allegations or something or other about uh, one of the co-hosts, this Rob G. Uh, mm-hmm. And apparently he, he's got some stuff going on with women uh, that's un- un- reported under the table. I don't know. All I know is that he had a Twitter account and then he deleted it. And I guess like when this stuff mm-hmm. happens to you, that's probably the best thing you could do is just just uh, delete it uh, and go away. But mm-hmm. uh, And so, yeah, now that podcast is on hold. And uh, who knows if it'll return. They, they claim it will, but things change and uh yeah well i don't know whether or not any allegations or things are true well, or not but they're, all they're, I they're, say, they're, they're that's what, again they're mere allegations all i can say is that uh if friends of our show out there liked that show or if they see people on mine be like oh man i'm so bummed out i loved this horror podcast i would kindly direct you to our ghoul school episodes where uh we talk about nothing but horror and uh as of yet this day we have zero scandals other than you know the the future uh, ones the future ones the like rampant misogyny and uh frequent talk of going for a poke from Jarrett duncan (laughs) and things like that so uh there's there's all sorts of things i'm sure will come to a head eventually but we're not nearly popular enough for anyone to care yet right yeah yeah, we're right under that radar and of course, this, these are characters we play for this podcast. Well, RJ, so. once you're when you're in jail, um, yeah. and, and you will be in jail, we, okay. we, I'm pretty sure that we'll be able to continue the podcast uh, via uh, phone. Yeah, I, I think I might get locked up for uh, other Canadian reasons. If anyone's following the news there, mm-hmm. um, not not because I did anything like uh, illicit, <laughs> but just because it seems like one thing was said and everyone went yeah and then they did it and then after it was like but wait you can't do it and everyone went huh this sounds very vague and and people are gonna have to fill in the gaps on it well i don't want to say anything incriminating i'm just saying the information wasn't there and uh even though i believe i fell into the category where things were appropriate as your as your lawyer i will advise Uh you that i'm pretty sure you're in the clear Okay, good to know. But if not, you know what? Maybe they will let me call you once a week. I don't know if it'll be three hours. Will, like, uh, will you have access to the Criterion Channel? I think that's all they have in prison. No, probably. It's about the re-education. No, Jared. Yeah, very, prison. Yeah, very popular film. A man escapes. Uh, a man escaped. The yeah. is that the Denzel one or the Vin Diesel one? Brasson. Isn't there a Denzel movie or is it a Vin Diesel man, movie? Man, I know there's Man, man, on, on, fire. man on Fire. Yeah. Is there not a man on Scaped with... Wait, which one is Man on Fire? Is that Denzel? Yeah. Which is the one with Vin Diesel? A Man Apart? Chronicles of Riddick? You know which <laughs> Vin Diesel movie I'm talking about? I don't. Come on. Okay, well, while I look up Vin Diesel, uh, what's new with you, bud? Um, retail? Retail's hell. Hell. Mm-hmm. It was like Good. all day, nonstop. People just coming in, spending money. Don't they, don't they know we're in a pandemic? Mm. And I will say that, so two weeks ago, I'd say that it was about 50-50 people coming in with masks or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, uh, you're looking at like less than 10%, if that, wearing masks. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, like I've noticed too, like it was weird. I went out on Monday to do my grocery runs and uh, I went to one place and there was not a single mask to be found other mm-hmm. than mine. And I felt like a real asshole. But I mean, I'll do it. I don't care. I don't give a shit what people think looking out for you guys. Uh, but then I went to like the Costco and I'd say that like half of the people were wearing masks there. And I was like, this is more than I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah. Uh, so the movie I was talking about is called A Man Apart. Okay. Starring Vin Diesel. Not, a, not, by, a, not a band apart. Not band apart. A man apart. Probably heavily influenced. Uh, it was directed by F. Gary Gray. And it says, a man known as Diablo emerges <laughs> to head a drug cartel after the previous no. le- leader is imprisoned. No one's and known just as that. Diablo. Looking at some of the character names, there's Demetrius Hicks, Hollywood Jack, Memo Lucero, uh, Hondo, Big Sexy, overdose uh, and bad cop so uh this looks like a real winner jer yeah 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 it's uh i'll definitely be checking that out i'm sure you will definitely. So anyways you're telling me about retail oh yeah it's it's crazy um uh in my my little store i work at uh it's like christmas for like mm. all of like it's, it's a month that rivals uh any of our christmases that Bob's been open. <laughs> like Here's. it's, yeah, pe- people are uh, tossing money around. Like it's like they didn't earn it. Like it's like they got it for free from the government. <laughs> Do you think they'll be investigated for spending? Um, I hope not, but yeah, I don't know. Strange. It's kind of like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just because people are uh, saving all their money because they didn't go out and eat out all the time and they're cooking food for themselves. They're not going on vacation. They're just mm-hmm. uh, hoarding it all. And now they're like, nah, I can spend it now. I need, I need to get my, have you, I mean, for instance, the Magic the Gathering, there's a set called Ikoria by RJ. Are you aware yeah. of the Godzilla cards? What? Godzilla has his own playing card? Godzilla now? has multiple cards. There's a Ghidra. There is a uh, Gigan. There is a mm-hmm. baby Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Space Godzilla. Destoraya. Destoraya? Yeah. What about um, Biolante? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. Sick. There's a set. Uh, mm-hmm. King Caesar. King Caesar's pretty cool, but no Jet Jaguar or what? No Jet Jaguar. He's too. He's a little too futuristic for magic. Uh, I mean, he's a rocket man. It, there's no. Is there no like, I don't android think, type things in magic? Well, there's like mechs and like automatons and golems, yeah. but there's no. There's no guns. There's it's uh, magic, you know. Does Jet Jaguar have a gun? Didn't he just come down and come to a lot of people? Yeah, but he's kind of like a spaceman. They don't do space and magic. I think he would violate even the uh, rules of having like radioactive Godzilla. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and actually, well, wait Maybe. a minute. What wait. about space Godzilla? Yeah, there's you space said Godzilla. He was there. Yeah, but he could be like mm. from another plane. I don't know. I don't know Man. the rules. I don't know how they applied them. I, I'm not a designer. You should contact Guillermo del Toro and see what he would do for Pacific Rim Three. You looking at these cards yet? Oh, no, I didn't even bother. <laughs> wow. I thought you were, and I thought you were a fan. Uh, I just wanted to hear you describe them. Godzilla, man. MTG. I'm living as one of the listeners and trying to see what it's like. Biocourt Space Godzilla. That's pretty cool. Godzilla Doom. Godzilla Corona. Yeah, Death Corona. Death That's, Corona. There's a whole thing. People are trying to get a copy of that card because they're not going to reprint mm. it. Corona, Death. I gotta say, some of these King Caesar ones are really cool. No, yeah. surprisingly no. cool. That these because of this, all these like 
people who are like really into kaiju but have probably mm-hmm. watched n- almost none of them. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. all they're like now all big like oh yeah I love Godzilla I don't really want to get into it and that's mm-hmm. fine. I mean I don't know if they've all got this uh, Godzilla criterion behind them, but well if they don't they're chuds if you ask me world class chuds. This uh, one card, this uh, Brockos Apex of Forever, that kind of looks like James Stokoe art. Uh, is this part of the Godzilla pack, or is this just that, a that, that, That's thing? like alt art for the main set, because that's they're all about okay. making variants, even in goddamn card games. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, he looks cool, whatever yeah. he is. Whatever he is. Hey, RJ, we got emails. Uh, whatever that means. Any females? Um... No. Okay. You got to ask. You got to ask. Okay, here we go. (laughs) We have uh, a returning uh, emailer, Aaron Lang. Aaron with an A or Aaron with an E? Double A. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Hey, guys. I really enjoyed the Marathon Corman episode. Bucket of Blood is one of my favorites. Despite being funny and even silly, the film still manages to have an undertone of genuine sadness and melancholy. Intruder is another great one, which I feel is overlooked. Both movies kind of operate on this Twilight Zone frequency, in which they manage against all odds to not feel dated, but instead timeless and downright archetypal. Mm. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I think we both, uh, even there, we were expressing our our fondness of both of those movies, so uh, I'm down with that. Yeah, I, with those bad boys. I, think, I think that's actually a good uh, a summation of why those are two of the better ones. Mm-hmm. It's like the black and white thing. It's got these sort of like this notion to it. And it, yeah, it definitely has that vibe. I've actually been putting together a list of Twilight Zone-ish things. But it's like these grim, stark uh, black and white movies from the period. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've got definitely Intruder on there. Pocket of Blood, though. Yeah, I guess that would go in there as well. So when you say you're making a list, how many secret lists Check of things do you have? You, no, one, no one needs to know that. What's not, the end game? I don't know. It helps me catalog things into like these okay. genres that only matter to me. I mean, that's fine, dude. Like, as always, whatever makes you happy <laughs> in this life, you should do it. I don't care what it is. I don't care what anyone did, says. Did, did just, you just be happy. Did, did you just pop a pill? Hmm? Did, did you just pop a pill? I think I licked my finger. If that's the same thing, I see. Did you make your you know uh, Did you make your phone call? Uh, yeah, I did. I had to make a phone call while we were recording, and that's the magic of podcasts. You nice. had no idea, you fucks. Aaron continues. I thought you oh, guys okay. were a little harsh on the biker and LSD movies, but that might say more about my particular personal taste than the merits of the films themselves. Which reminds me, my mm. friend uh, Keely. Kylie. Mm-hmm. Kylie, I are you, think. Are you speaking go. or is Aaron speaking? This is Aaron. Okay. My friend Kylie is an old hand in the movie biz, and years past he worked on some Corman pictures like Fantastic oh. Four and some others. Damn. He told me a story which kind of requires impressions to be funny. So if you read this on the air, you're going to have to do some voice acting. Whew, so baby. Kylie was on. I'm, I have no idea if it's Keely or Kylie. It looked, it's How's K- it spelled? K-I-E-L-L-Y. I would say Keely. Keely? Yeah. I don't know. I think of Riley, but that's like R E I L. Like Ben Riley. Like Ben Ben Riley. Ben Riley, so, the Scarlet Spider. So Kay was on some set and got talking to Corman, and Corman spun his yarn about dropping acid for research with Fonda and Nicholson. So Corman says to my friend, insert Corman impression, 
If you ever meet Jack, be sure to ask him about it. So a few, <laughs> so a few years later, uh, Kay is on some studio lot in LA, and he sees Nicholson walking by with a group of handler security guys. Kay yells, "Jack, Roger Corman wanted me to ask you something." The security guys quickly huddled around Nicholson, but he gently pushed them aside and said, "Insert Nicholson impression." <laughs> mm-hmm. Continue. Easy, boys. Let's hear what he has to say. Wow. Wow, you're doing a good job. Keep going. Ha! Keep going. That's it. <laughs> Easy, boys. Well, what did he ask him? I don't know. What was, what was the result? It, it ends. It ends right there. Maybe because it's like he asked him and that's it. There's no resolution to this story. <laughs> that's it. It's wow. Kind of, it's just, yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. And I again, I wish we had this information available two weeks ago because, uh, I mean, is uh, Big K still around? Is he uh, willing to uh, come on and uh, just talk about – he can talk about Corman movies or he could talk about, like, I don't know, Elijah Wood, whatever. Come on and talk about anything. Or not. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, that was, that was a cool email. Thanks for your email. I want to know if he uh, appreciates the Star Trek talk because I know he's a, he's a Trex fan. He is? How do you know that? Uh, Facebook. What? You have Facebook, Jared? I do have the Facebook. I've been asking for your Facebook for years. Colin Richards writes, I'm back, baby. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Greetings, creeps. I know it's been Uh a long time since I emailed in, but life has been pretty crazy with that whole Mm -hmm. pandemic thing. I've Mm -hmm. also just been a lot busier this year with sadly less time for movies. However... Mm -hmm. That has all come to an end. Like Michael Jordan returning from retirement, allegedly, I am back to put up numbers on the old letterbox and catch back up on all the great Criterion Creeps content. I've been filling up on some old 50 sci-fi and hope to dip my toe into some of that core madness. Ooh, that's pretty good. Hope to find you both and all the friends of the show healthy and relatively sane. First time, long time, and for all time, Colin Richards. Wow. What a send-off, hey? Yeah. I wish I thought of something like that. <laughs> First time, long time, and for all time? All time. That's pretty good, man. And I bet he madness. writes copy. Uh, yeah. You think he writes copy for like Fangoria or something like that? May- I hope not. <laughs> maybe, maybe a different magazine? Yeah, you, you have to dress these things up, make it look all nice and neat. Uh, uh-huh. pr- pr- protect the predator. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! I think we we would know who needs protecting on this podcast if uh, if it ever came to it. Like like Jackson, Actium Jackson Maximus. In his email. Hey creeps! I hope uh-huh. you're having a good week. Wishing you a belated congratulations on your 200th episode as well. Just a couple of questions this week. First and foremost, I was wondering if either of you pulled the trigger on that monumental Second Sight Blu-ray release of Dawn of the Dead, given how much of an all-time banger it is for you. Um. Yeah, are you are you aware of this box set, RJ? Of what? So it is a the 4K Blu-ray of Dawn of the Dead. The uh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> you know edition? it, buddy. Uh, I would be all over this. Is this available on Amazon? Well, or Sight and Sound. Th- this is yeah. This is through Zavu, I believe, is the company. Zavu. That's, tr- that's not Zavu. Real yeah. Come on. They do like steel boxes and stuff like that. That's where I had to get my shining 4K. Well, they're distributing this Dawn of the Dead brick. Uh, this thing, RJ, would set you mm-hmm. back 145 bucks Canadian. Ooh, baby. Well, I mean, it's if... like seven discs, I think. 
and it's got a whole bunch of CDs with the score and stuff. Uh, all all three versions hmm. of the score. It's pretty loaded. I've looked at it. I've uh, I don't know. It's a, it's still 145 bucks. But what don't you know? It's a lot of money to tie up into one movie that I know and love. And I need to upgrade. But if I wait, eventually, there'll just be like a single version of it. And perhaps Mm. a North American version. What is nice, though, is 4K is regionless. Any 4K player will play a 4K disc. I didn't know that. That's pretty neat. It is really nice. I I see that there is a uh, Dawn of the Dead Ultimate Edition by Stars and Anchor Bay. Yeah, that's the old one. Yeah, That's $362 on Amazon. Yeah, that's stupidity. Yeah, I have that. And you think so? You can get it for way cheaper than that. Like people often sell them for like fifty bucks. Well, even right beside it is a box set of season one of twenty four, and that's only twenty eight dollars. You remember that? <laughs> what Jack Bauer season, right? The the Jack Bauer action hour. Yeah, it's a a sponsored ad right beside Dawn of the Dead. So uh, I mean, comparing the two, it seems hardly fair. You know, not bad. Not bad, huh? Well, uh, I don't have money, so I can't afford that. But cool, be cool if you bought it and lent it to me. RJ has frequently mentioned his love for the Wu Tang Clan, and I was wondering what his favorite solo projects were, as their collective work never gelled with me. But I do enjoy stuff like Liquid Swords and Only Built for Cuban Links. And finally, do either of you have a favorite Ken Burns project? Keep up the great work, Axiom Jackson Maximus. What of it, RJ? Oh, Liquid Swords for sure. Raekwon stuff's sh- good. Raekwon? Right? Yeah. Uh, well, Liquid Swords is Giza. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ra- Raekwon is good too. Um, yeah. I always liked his stuff. And then uh, like Giza and then Riza isn't bad. So like Liquid Swords is, I think, un- unequivocally the best one. Uh, Old Dirty Bastard, like some of the things that and, he did. And Liquid Swords is uh, pseudo criterion linked. Oh, for sure. For sure it is. I think so, at least. Kinda. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, Raekwon is pretty good. Uh, Method Man is good. They all. I actually never really liked Method Man as much as uh, mm-hmm. everyone else in Wu-Tang seems to. Like, it seems like he was a real behind the uh, behind the scenes. Like, he, he did a lot of the writing and things like that. A real heart and soul of uh, the Wu-Tang. Jarrett? Mm-hmm. The Wu-Tang. Ghostface skill is not bad. Like, some of his things... Um, I don't know, like, the solo stuff as well, but, like, Liquid Swords is pretty pretty terrific. You, you know you, that. You haven't listened to Only Built for Cuban Links? Uh, I have. I just don't know it very well. well it's, um, it's pretty good. It's like I'd put it up there with uh, Liquid Swords. One of, one of the problems I have is, uh, like, I have all my Wu-Tang stuff on my computer, and I usually just hit shuffle, and it's, like, I don't know, like, oh, 200 yeah. songs or something. Even though, like, I know some of the albums, like, Liquid Sword plays out, like, a movie with all the intros and outros from, like, kung fu movies. Oh, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Liquid Swords. What? You know what? You know where the Liquid Sword samples come from? Uh, Well, they talk about... Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't remember that it was. But it's. Uh, but it's not Lone Wolf and Cub pure. It's the uh, Samurai Assassin movies with the dubs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how. Like all the intros, it's about the little kid talking about how uh, he was the um, the emperor's uh, assassin and the shoguns and all that stuff. It's pretty neat, Jer. It's pretty neat. What's, what's your favorite uh, ODB album? ODB? Yeah. Uh, I do like um, some of the stuff he did with like 36 Chambers. Like I know 36 Chambers is Wu-Tang proper, 
but he had like i can't remember what it was whether it's like b-sides or if he just did remixes or something like that where it was a old odb um that one was pretty cool Mm -hmm. and the the other thing about him is like he died so yes uh like he's got some stuff but you know like i not as much as the Mm -hmm. others Mm -hmm. you god you godzilla that's pretty good stuff nice not not a big Capadonna guy. <laughs> Who? Yeah, exactly. Who? What? But uh, I like uh, I like Raekwon, Ghostface, respect inspect the deck. Even you know Method Man. Who doesn't? But when Method Man teamed up with Red Man, I wasn't as hot. Like you know, not as hot, Jer. Yeah, not as hot. Uh, so F- like, what F- was favorite Ken Burns documentary project? Oof, we're taking our way left turn here. Right? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be honest. Like I've seen lots of Ken Burns shit, like just being on TV all the time, like when I was little. But I, I don't know if I've ever watched start to finish as an adult an entire Ken Burns. I remember. Uh, I know you talk about baseball all the time, yeah. but I think I've seen the the Dust Bowl. Okay, that's almost the same thing, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, Civil War and baseball, I think, are my top two mm. i tried jazz but uh, i don't care yeah <laughs> like i don't know i maybe i just like i found the first two i only watched the first two episodes and i was just kind of like eh, yeah this is exactly what a ken burns jazz documentary would be and it's not my thing and i have no interest it's like i don't care about that i don't want to watch martin scorsese's mm-hmm. blues like super set uh that thing i, I don't care but right. I mean, I didn't think I'd care about baseball, and I was like super into that. And I mean, mm-hmm. I like I like my uh, horror documentary magnum opuses. I love yeah. that uh, World at War, which is not Ken Burns, but it's kind of like the precursor to that style. I feel. Yeah, um, I'm I'm getting I get I get confused with Ken Burns. Did he do that Indian Wars thing, or was that someone else? Indian Wars. Yeah, it's like it wasn't. It's not that old. It's only like maybe ten years old. Uh, and it, I think it was about like Custer and like, uh, like the actual, like quote unquote Indian wars or something okay. like that. I had it somewhere. Where was that? For some reason I thought that was maybe Ken Burns. Cause I, I'm really interested in that, but I've always been like, Oh, I can't find like a, a good, a good like thing for this. Let's see here. The Indian wars, a change of the worlds. Uh, who made this Kobe batty? Who the hell is that? I don't know who any of these people are. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I was just I was just trying to remember. Um, yeah. Oh, my. Uh, and to kind of go deeper, I guess, on the hip hop topic. My mm-hmm. my my picks are all the basic bees. I think. Like yours. Yeah. Like what? Uh, nothing steep here. Eric B. Speaking of B. Eric B. And Rakeem paid in full. That's a really mm. good. That's a really good album. As is Boogie Down Productions. Criminal minded. Criminal minded. That yeah. sounds vulgar, Jerry. Is there any profanity in it? Uh, probably a little bit. It's a little bit. One of the reasons I like uh, Wu Tang so much is it's a nice, wholesome, family friend uh, friendly uh, music. I see. I see. Yeah, not a lot of profanity. How, how about that, Nas? Nas, I I like Nas. I had a friend who like loved Nas and like, always was a. Uh, trying to get us to listen to nos but it was uh i think it was at the wrong time you know what i mean <laughs> the wrong wrong time in my life for nos i was like nah i was like i don't want to listen to nos man illmatic's pretty good 
Yeah, that's what he always was trying to get us to listen to. And he was always talking about this is like, I don't know, 13 years ago when we were in high school or something. He was he's like, it's like one of the top 20 albums of all time. And I was like, yeah, well, OK, Computer from Radiohead is like the number nine album of all time. So what's your point? God, Uh, actually, I didn't actually hit him with one of those, but uh, he did try for a long time. And I just, you know. Just uh, oh, actually, you know what's really cool though? There's this dude. Uh, I think it was too mellow. Uh, he like makes um, he like mixes up uh, like music from old school rappers with like video game soundtracks, and he he made a Nos slash uh, Castlevania thing mm. called like Nozlevania, and that's wicked good. Oh yeah. Friend of the show Ryan Nagel told me about that one. Huh. Yeah, that's, you know, that's very internet. It is. It's good though, man. Like uh, he has a uh, Chrono tri- uh, Trigger one with uh, Jay Z called Chrono Jigga, and uh, I always thought he should do a Mega Man Machiavelli mix up, uh, mash up, but uh, he never did, man. He never did. Son of a bitch. I know. I know. What are you gonna do? Right. Next up, Justin Peterson. Uh, oh, baby. email entitled "Time for Some Altman." Hey, Jaron RJ, what's happening? Well, last week, RJ did not do himself any favors in his argument against the fact that he hates women since his first th- th- first impression of the title Three Women was that it sounded boring to him. It does sound boring. Come on. <laughs> How does that not sound boring to anyone? Right, Jer? But I am looking forward to you guys reviewing what I think is your first Robert Altman film in The Creep. It is, which I described in my review as a strange dreamlike journey into the female experience. And I will be curious to hear if you think this movie has a similar feel to Future Creep's Persona and Mulholland Drive. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll tell you when we get there. Goat movie question of the week. What are your greatest of all time Chevy Chase movies? I just rewatched National Lampoon's Vacation with the family this week to kick off summer, and boy, does that movie have a lot of adult humor that makes it awkward to watch with the kiddos. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I had a bunch of kids who kept saying like that um, they would, uh, they like they were showing that movie in schools, like in junior highs and stuff, and I was like, that's not really an appropriate movie to be watching in no school, Jarrett. Eh. Not really. Uh, uh, I, you know, I honestly, I don't even know if I've seen like vacation or european vacation really no? no i don't know i've seen christmas vacation way too many times but yeah I've, ne- I've never i don't think i've really seen the those vacations uh do you think it's got to be chevy as a leading man or can he just be there uh, yeah i'm assuming it's got to be he's got to be the the lead like lead so prime. what about dirty work no he's in dirty work have you ever seen that no. How about foul play? I don't know foul play, Jarrett. How about Fletch? Yeah, Fletch is all right. Fletch is fine. Yeah. Three, like three Amigos. Three Amigos is good. Spies yeah. Like Us. Yeah. Good. Fun, funny Farm. What about yeah. Funny Farm? I don't fucking know. Memoirs of an Invisible Man from that John Carpenter fellow. Mm-hmm. That, that chap. Mm-hmm. Cops and Robertsons. Man mm-hmm. of the House. Whoa, who's uh, who's misogynistic now? Uh, I know Christmas yeah. Vacation is the one everyone goes after, but I always kind of liked Vegas Vacation myself. Of course you do, Nick. Uh, Nick Papa Giorgio, you know what I'm talking about here? No, 
deals. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? I don't know. I don't really, I don't know if I like Chevy Chase. <laughs> a lot of people don't. And I've heard a lot of things about how he was like an aggressively mean and racist guy on the set of community. But then I also heard people say that like Dan Harmon was too. So I was like, I don't really know who to believe anymore. I was like, which one of these guys was a bigger asshole? It's right. like, was it Chevy Chase or was it Dan Harmon? Because mm. Dan Harmon got into a little trouble himself not too long ago. D- did he? Yeah, he, he are, like... Are, are we dishing here? Is this the gossip podcast now? Is that what's happening? Yeah, sure. Damn. I mean, he. I think he casually got Me Too'd during the Me Too thing, but it was kind of like, I don't think he like forced himself on anyone or anything like that. He was just like overly assertive, like of... I think he was like following ladies around and like asking them out a lot and a lot and like he wouldn't leave them alone or something. Allegedly mm, is well, what one of the stories was. That's... Sounds I don't like know. It sounds like uh, he's he, he is a podcaster. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, The Karate Dog as my favorite Chevy Chase cool. film. And I'm just going to have to take a pass because I don't know. I, 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 by default, I guess it would be Christmas Vacation. But, yeah, mm. he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't do much for me, that Chevy, I guess. He's good in dirty work. Finally, can you think of some of the directors where you find that you enjoy their movies more and more each time you watch them? Kubrick would be one for the, one of them for me since it seems like I get something new out of his movies each time I watch them. And my other one would be Terry Gilliam. Since the first two times I watched The Time Bandits, I just thought it was fine. But in my recent watch, I thought it was a blast. It also took mm-hmm. me three times to really appreciate Brazil. And like we chatted about on the show last summer, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas went up to five stars for me on my latest watch of that one. Um, and he has a Terry Gilliam ranked list. How would you mm-hmm. rank his movies? Okay. Is there any directors that you feel like they get better each time you watch them? I mean, Kubrick's a good answer because I think there's there's a lot to take from uh, those things. But you know you know what movies I, I do? like they, they were already pretty high, but like Wes Anderson movies, I think I enjoy every time I watch them. Like the, I never get like lower amounts of entertainment from them by watching them, if that makes sense. So, yep. Kubrick is good. That's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, who gets worse? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. A lot of them get worse. Well, I mean, like, but when you rewatch them, I mean, I assume that most directors get worse as they keep making movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that, yeah, for the most part, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's all the same usual suspects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could throw in Bergman or Kurosawa because I think the more I've watched some of those, you know, what? you know, what would be one that I think would probably I would get a lot out of, but I, I'm not going to do it would be Fellini. The, the fart? Yeah, the fart himself. I think I'd probably get more out of watching his movies. I just don't like want La, La Dolce Vita. Not that one. Oh, well, one day. Not that one. I, I, I do still one day. Maybe I'll watch, Um, you know, the one. Right. The one. The one? The one. What was it? The Just, one you really liked? What? Never mind. Night, Night of Kiberia? Yeah. 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 Night of Kiberia? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Justin Peterson's got his Fear and Loathing is number one of the Gilliams, followed by Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Brazil. Monty Python. Meaning of Life. Time Bandits. Don Quixote. Adventures of Baron Munchausen. And Jabberwocky and the Fisher King. Fisher King is last? Damn, is Fisher King a bad movie? I, it's, I've only seen it the one time. It's uh, I mean, oh, he doesn't have Twelve Monkeys on there. Huh? Do you think he's not seen it? Twelve I, Monkeys usually pairs a double header with Fight Club. 
Yeah, some big Brad. Usually. Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you rank his movies? And which one of them that I've not seen should I check out? Well, 12 Monkeys, apparently. Yeah, go watch go watch 12 Monkeys for sure. Yeah. I, I would probably do Fear and Loathing and then Brazil and then Time Bandits no. and then 12 Monkeys and then The Brothers Grimm. <laughs> And then Tideland, which I'm going to talk about later. Oh. Uh, and then the two Monty Pythons. Wow. Oh, Dr. Parnassus would be a little higher than the Monty Pythons oh, also. Oh, come on, RJ. You know, you remember Dr. Parnassus? Perennium? Perennials? You can't have those in your house. Cats will die, you know. Thanks for the time, gents. Next week, I'll be emailing the show while on vacation at the beach in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Damn. Damn. Nice. That sounds fun. Taking time for his vacation to ride into the pod. Well, uh, you got to take it sometime. We don't have any beaches up here. We just have that COVID. We just have COVID. Well, we're also... Well, no, we we actually do have a beach, right? Near a... It's like from a uh, reservoir or something. Something. We're pretty landlocked. Yeah, pretty landlocked. Hmm. And finally... From Sam Sanchez. Oh, baby. Happy 201. Ooh, he hey, remembered. Hey, guys. Was last week really the first time discussing a Marx Brothers movie? Much like Jared, I'm also a Marxist. Though for some Aww. reason, A Night at the Opera has never been one of my favorites. Definitely more of a big duck soup and horse feathers type of boy. It's good to hear someone saying it. Yeah, I mean, I think those are... Uh, I have to actually rewatch Duck Soup when I was going through that box set... Uh, through my watching those Marks movies, Duck Soup, I just mm-hmm. never, I, for whatever reason, stopped right before there because I'd seen it before. But I've uh, got set aside to do a rewatch, but now it seems less important since we've already done the Marks Brothers episode. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you uh, you did it bad, and uh, we might as well just end. Consider us canceled. And after watching like eight Abbott and Costello way back in February in the before times, I'll agree with RJ and say they are some fun times. Personally prefer what I've seen of Abbott and Costello to W.C. Fields or even Laurel and Hardy. Ooh, that's good to hear. Ooh. I'm on board. I I, I have some, like, I don't think all of Laurel and Hardy is that great. Like their movies are not so good, but some of those shorts I think are absolutely amazing. I uh I've never really seen Laurel and Hardy, but my brother had a uh, framed picture in his um rumpus room uh of Laurel and Hardy where uh it's them kind of sitting down and the place is a mess and this says, Oh what an awful mess. Mm-hmm. And uh I always remember that, but uh, I don't think I've actually seen any. You know what I mean? Music box is good. I've got a whole like Laurel and Hardy box set that I got for like a steal of a deal. Was it actually though? It's pretty good. It's pretty cheap. The complete Abbott and Costello Blu-ray from Universal Pictures is $119 on uh, Amazon right now. Uh, You could get it for me. I could. And touching on last week when I mentioned Dick Miller being my number one watch actor, and you guys question whether it was this year or all time, it definitely is this year easily, but I'm probably going to consider it all time too since the only person above Dick Miller, 43 watch, is Buster Keaton, 47 Mm. watch. But Damn. he has a ton of shorts padding that list. Also, didn't realize that sometime last week, I also had a milestone of my own. I hit 5,000 movies on Letterboxd. Much like your episode 100, there was no planning with the milestone for me. I ended up watching a fairly lackluster Conan the Barbarian for the occasion, <laughs> apparently. No hmm. real question or anything this week. Keep the train rolling. 
it's funny he says that that he just hit five thousand um, because I just hit four thousand, and uh, my four thousandth was it could have been Butt Boy or it was <laughs> Death Race two thousand. I can't remember. Okay. Because I remember I was like, oh, I should watch something for that. And then I was like, core me. And I was like, eh, never mind. Whatever. Who, Apparent, who cares? Apparently, I am 25 away from 7,000. Man, you're an animal. How do you have that many movies? Watched in my life? Yeah. I, I've gone pretty hard some years. Yeah, I know. But still, it's and, like. And I do log everything. Like that, that, Like some of those are like two-minute shorts, 10-minute sh- like animated Looney Tunes things. I, that's. Mm-hmm. My life on display, all ready for Letterbox to sell off to the highest bidder. Who do you think would buy that uh, information? Probably Jeff Bezos. Man, he'll say, they're, I'll, "I'll get this bastard." They're not making they're not making a, their money off of their twenty bucks a year off their uh, subscribers that go pro. They uh, mm. they're, they're they've got a nice little package that they're ready to sell, and then uh, that's the end. Hmm. I find it troubling that you have such a uh, an anti Jeff Bezos mentality because I think we could be sponsored by them if we tried hard no, enough. It's because I have a low opinion of New Zealanders. Well, they're the worst. I haven't met one I liked yet. No, nope. horrible, horrible people. All of them. <sighs> That's yep. it for emails. Well, thanks to everyone for emailing, and I thought after two hundred we would have a, a week of a, a big goose egg. But uh, not the case. That was pretty good. They turned out in droves. So nice to hear from our friends. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Hey, RJ. What? What you been creeping on this week? What do you want to hear about, Jer? Star Trek. (laughs) All right. Let me hit you with some Star Trek, and then I'll talk to you about some bad horror movies. Okay. Uh, Okay. Where did I end off last week? I I don't know. (laughs) I think it was first episode of season three. I should make a little note to myself where I ended off. Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention was uh, for season three, thank God they have separated the sweater from the pants in the uniform because seasons one and two, they were onesies. Yeah. And man, they are unflattering at times. <laughs> like uh, mm. like so, sometimes sometimes I don't want to like I don't want to like judge people on their appearances, but sometimes some of the dudes are walking around and you can it leaves little to the imagination <laughs> when it's like a formed fitting like onesie. Yeah. So it's separated now, and I like I was like, oh, finally, fuck, okay. So season three, episode two. So my new thing here is I just had my my crib notes. Uh, so you can tell me if you ever want me to elaborate on anything. Okay. Uh, three point two. Uh, stubborn peasants, Picard diplomacy, women are horny for data. Two out of four stars. That sounds bad. So, and it's like I said, three out of four is, it was really good. I liked it. Four out of four is like, that's the Borg level. Uh, two out of four is, it was fun. Like it was entertaining enough, but it wasn't great. And then uh, I don't, I don't drop a lot of ones. So. But, so there's no zero though. No, if there was, it would have been that clip show episode. Right. That one was pretty worthless. Okay. Uh, 3.3. An old perv won't let his wife die. Two out of four stars. <laughs> is that why it's two out of four no it was just like i mean it was an okay episode but like and that's what like two two sounds bad but like two actually i still i actually like all the episodes so two just means it wasn't like great or anything like that it was just whatever but no it wasn't because an old pervert wouldn't let, let his wife die it's just that's what the episode was about. okay uh 3.4 
Caveman Romulans Praise the Lord, three out of four stars. <laughs> and that actually had a uh, guest appearance uh, from Twin Peaks alum, Mr. Uh, Mr. Palmer himself. Oh, yeah. As a, a caveman Romulan shooting bows and arrows and oh, stuff. It was really real. Yeah. Eh? Yep. He was there. I, I wanted to get a, a screenshot, but I can't screenshot on Crave either. So I just take pictures on my phone. It looks kind of goofy, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, Ray Weiss was there or Ray Wise was there and they're praising Picard. Not bad. Not bad. A little episode. It was highly religious, Jarrett, which I know you're a big fan of. And well, question I'm a very spiritual person. I know you are. I know deeply. How's this for spiritual stuff? Uh, 3.5 space ghosts gaslight the enterprise to abduct a kid slash wharf files for adoption. Three out of four stars. <laughs> Fuck. Do you want any more info or just leave it at that? <laughs> just leave it at that. Kate, 3.6. Uh, things are tense. Jordy dates the computer. Three out of four stars. Okay. 3.7. Things are tense. Jordy falls in a hole. <laughs> Romulans. Three out of four stars. <laughs> what you're saying is they're all good. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. I actually, I like uh, TNG quite a bit. It's fun. It's fun, man. It's fun. Three, three's a good ep- three's a good solid episode. It's got enough of the good stuff in there. Uh, okay, this one, this one's a mouthful, Jared. And there's two separate ratings almost. Three point eight. Uh, Dina Troy is horny for D- Boyd D- Braun. Did you say Dina Troy? Deanna Troy. Thank you. Deanna Troy <laughs> is horny for Lloyd Braun. Yes, that's the Seinfeld character. He bullies her into sex and then shows a PowerPoint. That is one out of four. However, the rest of the episode also features Ferengi wormholes. Ferengi. Ferengi wormholes, bodysuit yoga in the mirror room. And the rest of that is like... Is is this with Beverly, Indiana? Yeah, they're doing like that uh, John Travolta in the mirror stuff. Yep. So that that's this is like a weird episode, man. So Lloyd Braun comes in. He's also an like a empath and like can read minds and shit. And uh, he bullies her into sex. And then he shows a PowerPoint. And then the Ferengi are there and they're killing people. And then they go through wormholes. And then uh, yeah, Bev Crusher and uh, Deanna Troy they go do yoga in front of the mirrors. This this episode is packed, dude. It's packed. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, some screenshots of the episode, The Price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you gotta get some. You gotta get some titles in here. No, I want more content. And there's some weird alien heads going on, like well, very, follow, like they're very butt like. I'll follow up uh, anything uh, on any of these oh, episodes. Some of these aliens want. are fucking weird. Oh yeah, there's the stretches. The oh, in the mirrors. That's what you were looking for, huh? Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah, like oh, there, there's Deanna Troy swept off her feet literally. Oh, oh, come on, RJ. How do you bury the lead like this? I gotta send. You gotta, you, why isn't this on the Instagram? Hmm? I'm not. I haven't put any Star Trek stuff on Instagram. Why? Because I can't take screenshots, and it's just on my cell phone. Oh, it's gonna look like shit. God damn it! Now, like, see, it's almost like the internet wants us to not steal images rapidly. What could you, you not save a screenshot <laughs> it either? Well, it's just like new format. Uh, you used to be able to just grab an image right off of uh, the Google you know, mm-hmm. and just drag it onto your desktop and you have it. Now you have to like right click and save. Mm-hmm. It's a pile of horse shit. If man. you ask me, man, there's a lot of, uh, 
images going on here. It's a packed episode, dude. So, like, the episode itself is is pretty good, but I found all the romance stuff with uh, Deanna Troy was uh, a little... I don't know. This is another episode really quickly after this. She gets played by a guy again, and it's just like, man, it's like... I know her role is the empath and she like cares for people and stuff like that. And it's like, but you're too trusting Deanna Troy. People are just going to keep taking advantage of you. Girl. Girl. So it's like, you got to stand up for yourself and not let these guys bully you into uh, getting naked. That's what I think. Damn. Bro. Were you going to send me a picture? I was trying to, but then it like, (laughs) it failed. Like like everything in my life. Don't say it failed. Just say that you failed. I think that's what you're really trying oh, to say. Dog. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? I'm trying to send this. I'm trying to. Silly. Go on. S- silly. Uh, yeah, so that's a big episode. There. So you wanted me to put that on uh, Instagram? Well, I was trying to find it. Like, there was a better version of it with their arms like attached, like touching, and then oh. pulling I feel and like pulling. I'd maybe pushing. get arrested if I put that on Instagram. Yeah, it might. Yeah, but, so then, we'll, then we'll finally fulfill uh, the prophecy. Yeah, it'll actually come to fruition. Uh, yeah, that so that mirror stuff was kind of. I was just like, it reminded me of that music video that Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, John Travolta are in. You know where they're like moving and like sweating and stuff. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. So, anyways, that's a packed episode. Uh, Three point nine, upper crust versus heathens negotiations plus old people. Two out of four stars. Ooh. So not much to offer there. Uh, 3.10, Romulans gonna Romula, three out of four stars. So you get set up, when Jordy falls in that hole three, four episodes before, you get set up with some Romulan stuff, and then uh, the Romulans set a trap for the Enterprise. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just Romulans, Jarrett. You know what I mean? Romulans gonna Rom. They're gonna Rom. Uh, 3.11, James Cromwell, uh, Troy gets conned again, Worf fights a dude. <laughs> Uh, Picard lets a bunch of people die. Uh, two out of four stars. Beautiful. Uh, we're, we got two more. Um, 3.12. Police state versus the terrorists. Uh, two out of four. Oh, actually, I think that's the one where um, Picard lets all the people die. I think I watched it at nighttime and made my notes in the morning. Okay. My bad, dude. Okay, and the last one, 3.13. Uh, human Q, fall inside of the moon. Uh, also, Worf and Riker with the babes. Also, Wakanda forever. Three out of uh, four stars. Oh. So this one, uh, Q gets dropped in. Uh, I know you like Q, so I'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit more. Uh, he is human now. He has no powers, so he's learning how to be a human. He his back hurts. He's hungry. Data's showing him around, uh, and then it's like. It's like a moral thing, whether he's going to help them or not. And he's going to see if uh, he can be let back into the uh, continuum or whatever they're called. Yes. The Q. The Q continuum. Um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, at the end, uh, there's a mariachi band. And uh, Q makes a bunch of uh, bikini babes show up with uh, Riker and uh, Worf. And they have a little party. Hell yeah. And I think uh, Riker says, I don't need your women. And everyone went, oh, because they know Riker's always after the ladies. Right. And sitting in chairs. Sitting in chairs in weird, strange ways. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a big guy. Hey, how, a... how tall is he? Oh, yeah. I think he's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I should have asked him when I the saw freaks. him in that hotel. Hey, 
You know, she said, hey, Riker, how big are you? Say, hey, Jordy, remember when you fell in that hole, you idiot? <laughs> You'd be like, huh? So what? He is, oh, come on. Are you <sighs> copyright protected or what? Yeah, basically, my life. So we don't. We don't know how tall Riker is. Well, we according don't know to this, so on IMDb, they say he's 1.91 meters. And in oh. feet, that's only like six and a quarter? That can't be right. That, he's way over six foot. He's taller than, he's got to be taller than me. Yeah. He's taller than everyone on the ship. No. Except for maybe Worf, but like two inches of Worf is he- Worf's head is prosthetics. Ooh, two inches of Worf's too much for me. Oh, oh, I know who's going to jail first. <laughs> Consider us canceled, bud. Thir- thirsting. Hashtag thirsting, RJ. Ugh, gross. So we can't get a read on Riker's height. We can't figure out what the Max von Sydow's wingspan is. Like, what What can we do? I don't know. You know? What can we do, Jerry? Well, now, you, now you, you've just gone ahead and killed Jonathan Frakes. Thanks, RJ. Because I, I brought him up? Because you talked about Max von Sydow. Sydow. <laughs> See now, well, I mean, we didn't we didn't work towards uh, Fred Willard, but that happened. So maybe Damn. maybe there's something else at play here. Damn. Damn. So that's uh, all the trekking I did this week. Woo. But I did watch a couple actual movies. So you're going to you're going to uh, already get past Oliver. Well, he's he's done TNG, though. Oh, is he? Yeah, okay. yeah, he's he's done TNG. And then uh, he can't watch the TNG movies until I think. I think he sent me the correct order. It's like you got to watch DS9 and Voyager before the TNG movies. I see. Because DS9 started when uh, TNG was still on. And then Voyager started when DS9 was still on. And then the movies came after all that. Uh, So. Kind of. I think I think he's in DS9 or he because he just finished TNG. So he might maybe he's taking a break for a while. Well, that's what I mean. You're you're probably going to pass him. I yeah I think if uh if things remain the same and uh, there's still like nowhere to go in the next couple months then I probably will pass him and that's his bad well it's his fault what else did you watch uh so I watched uh I watched half of the Joe Bob Jarrett uh yeah. I I haven't talked about him lately I there was a couple weeks I skipped because I wasn't either. One of them was like Cannibal Holocaust. And I was like, I'm not super interested in this because I'd prefer to watch the animal cruelty free version. And then a couple of the movies I've seen before. So I was like, they weren't really things. I was like, ah, if I ever want to rewatch it, it's on shutter. Now I can watch it whenever. Uh, But I watched the first one. Uh, I didn't watch the second one. The second one was Tetsuo, the Iron Man. And uh, which is something I will watch eventually. And when I do want to watch it, I'll watch the Joe Bob. I just wasn't feeling it on Friday. You know what I mean, Jer? Mm. Yeah, I've got got the uh, I got I got two copies of that. I got it on the DVD and now I've got it on Blu-ray. Well, do you have it with Joe Bob commentary? No. Oh, that's fine. Uh, you could just watch. Apparently, they might try to just put the, his commentaries out for consumption. So you could just watch that sometime. There you go. So I watched Mayhem, uh, which is a Joe Lynch film. You know Joe Lynch, Jared? Hell no. He uh, he did some shit. What, what did he do again? Let's hear. Boop, boop, boop. Mayhem, Wrong Turn 2, Point Blank, the remake, uh, Knights of Bad Astom. No. Uh, Truth and Journalism? 
Uh, oh, he, oh he's he's got a segment in Chillerama. Oh, yeah, this guy. Holy shit. Yeah, well, Mayhem was bad, a bad movie, so I can see why his other movies might be bad also. Hmm. Apparently, Wrong Turn 2 is the worst of the wrong turns, which I think is probably saying something. Uh, yeah. I've never seen... I think I've seen the first one of those. Not yeah. any, but what is there, seven or something? Th- yeah, six or seven, I think. Six or seven? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so this guy kind of sucks, uh, and I think Mayhem sucks too. And I think the only reason it's on there is because I've noticed that they, they're... They're slowly adding Shutter exclusive movies to the Joe Bob catalog, which I mean, I get it. Like, I, it makes sense. He's on Shutter, so they're like, promote our movies from time to time, and we'll let you do the movies you want to do. So he's like, all right, whatever. Uh, he, even though at the start he says it's three stars, three out of four stars, I don't think even Joe Bob like this. Like, he he's kind of shitting on it. Like, for the majority of the movie, he'll be like, he'll be like, so we, here we have a scene where like nine people die, but you don't see a single kill. It's like, it's all done off screen. He's just like, what is this? He's like, what is this horse shit? Um, and he, he just talks about other stuff. Like he doesn't seem to care. And, uh, neither do I, Jared. Neither do I. Wow. <laughs> because it's a lot of that. Like, it's like that pseudoscience bullshit. So like, um, this is all like Freudian stuff with like id and ego and super ego. And like, I know all about that stuff. And, what whatever it's i i know why they put it in movies but it's kind of it, i find it annoying the same way that i find movies annoying where they're like what if you could use all of your brain capacity or like what if you had multiple personalities it's like that shit's like not real man <laughs> and like i know people be like well ego and it it's like yeah there's like elements of that shit that anyways that's my own kind of hang up but I, I find it annoying when movies use like things like that because you know, maybe that's the reason we have anti-vaxxers now, Jared. <laughs> maybe. Because of the movies? Because of the movies. So what? what is what happens in this is you have Glenn from Walking Dead, and he's like this cutthroat business guy, like a lawyer or something. And uh, there's this new disease floating around the world called Red Eye. And when you get it, uh, you act out your inhibitions, your ego and your id go off the off the hinge. It's like you're on super cocaine, Jared. Uh-oh. super cocaine uh so then when it happens they quarantine the building and everyone just fights each other and then uh it's kind of this thing where it's like it's accepted that if something happens when you're under the influence you can't be held accountable for it because it's not your fault or something nice. so once it happens everyone starts to go kill each other uh and it sounds cool but uh it's not it's just not very interesting and it's like it's like i said earlier you don't really see any of the kills which is annoying because it's just like what's the point of this movie then if if you're like gonna sell this thing and then you never actually make good on it um and i mean it takes about all the turns you think it would so yeah it's not good mm-hmm. not yeah. good here yeah it was kind of like why did you watch this and i read your review and went ah mm-hmm. joe bob just a little joe bob dude but so when tetsuo came on i was like i ain't gonna watch that tetsuo shit another time so I watched uh, your movie, Come to Daddy. My movie. Or as Sam Sanchez pointed out, you do. You, I think you're making the sequel, Come to Leather Daddy. I see. Yes. Yeah, there was some heated uh, conversation in my review of this movie uh, a while ago. I know Oliver Granger's a fan of my uh, some of the movies I reference from time to time, and Sam's a big fan of my tagging, as I know you are also. 
you like how I take movies. Uh, I love right? how inconsistent it is. You'll watch but, one movie that's like a documentary and take it that way, and then the very next movie you watch is a documentary, but you don't take it as a documentary. I do what I do, Jer. Poor, I do what I you, do. And you do it well in the sense that it's done poorly. Yep. Hey, what are you going to do? Get someone else? Call the weekend guy. I don't care. You won't find anyone better. So anyways, I watched Come to Daddy, which we were talking about uh, last week because it's like this fits in a, a realm of movies. And I think it does. Do you know anything about Come to Daddy? I watched the trailer. I know it's got Elijah Wood. It's directed by this New Zealand guy. Oh, God. And, and Actually, Simpson. Aunt Simpson. Well, it's it's New Zealand, but I think it was also filmed in Canada because yeah. like the credits you have yeah. the Canada thing pop up. So this is almost as good of a like collaboration as when Oliver came on the podcast. It's almost as unique of a uh, international uh, example of teamwork between countries. I see. If you know what I mean. Uh, so come to Daddy. Elijah Wood gets a, a message to go see his estranged father that he's. Uh, hasn't seen since he was like a little baby. He goes out. Uh, they don't really mesh very well, Jarrett. Uh, so Elijah Wood is like the one thing that's this movie's okay. I'll, I'll go, I'll just say up front. I thought this movie was okay. It had some good stuff in it. Some of it I was kind of just like, I was a bit bored of it. But the one thing that's really good is Elijah Wood's wardrobe and uh, costume design for this film, Jarrett. Have you seen his haircut? I have. Okay, so he's got this like kind of hipster haircut, and then he everything he wears is very like ultra hipster chic. Where it'll be like a turtleneck that goes all the way up to his ears or something, uh, and like jeans that are actually like a huge skirt, and they're just like taking up the whole floor. And it's very clearly like I think played to be ridiculous, but they never actually really comment on it. And he's always wearing these things, and I actually thought it was really funny. It was really funny, Jared. So he's he's there with a Canadian. Um, what's his name? Is it Lance Henriksen or something? Stephen McCaddy. Stephen McCaddy, I believe, is Canadian. It's very yes, different from Lance Henriksen. They're almost the same thing. So he's there. His dad is Stephen McCaddy. Uh, they don't get along because Stephen McCaddy is a real man's man. He eats steak, gets drunk, and Elijah Wood uh, wears turtlenecks and doesn't drink because he has a dependency problem which he gets made fun of uh i describe this movie as a few different things it's kind of like tideland uh because what steven mccaddy uh there's a few other characters one character dies and then inexplicable inexplicably they leave his body there and i think there's something like the the lady who is going to take his body away to the morgue she's like maybe you need closure with this and maybe you should hang out with it a little bit more and i was like what I think that's how they try to write it off, but really it's just a dead body hanging around. So it's kind of like Tideland. Uh, but it's also like Ex Machina and The Visit where it's things aren't as they seem, Jarrett. There are they ever. Like uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. And then it turns into martyr's territory, Jarrett, as they find a door leading into a basement. And in the basement are is a chained up man. So I know I know Oliver is sick of it, but everything is connected back to martyrs. You know, Jarrett? No. It has a lot uh, to answer for. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, so come to daddy. It's fine. Uh, there's some stuff I liked in it, but I think on the whole, it, it drug a little bit. Like there was some things I was like, nah, they, they do the humor stuff and it's okay. But uh, I, I don't know. Near the end, I was kind of, even though it's only like 
I think it's only like 90 minutes or something. Near the end, I was kind of like, wrap this up, guys. We're done. <laughs> you know? Uh, was was so, this a Roger Corman movie? It felt like these it. These bloated run times of 75 minutes to 90? 75 minutes? Uh, well, let's see what it was. It was 93 minutes, yeah. Oh, man. Could have shaved off 15, 20. Somebody uh, shit-talked us on YouTube on our Quiet-On episode saying that, oh. that we were whining about run times. <laughs> It's too long, that movie. What is it, like eight hours long? Fuck. <laughs> it's too long. Damn. So Damn. that's all I watched. Did you watch any movies this week? Um, Yeah, but I'll talk about them in the context of uh, our criterion proper. Right. I, I did rewatch the last 10 minutes of uh, Telephone Sex Survey uh, from Lasagna Cat. And how was that? Amazing. It's still probably one of my like absolute favorite things. It's so perfectly executed. Uh, yeah, I I fucking love it so much. I have seen it like probably th- only three times, but mm-hmm. it's so much. So many people try to do what it does and they fail mm-hmm. miserably. Where that I think it succeeds so well because it 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 knows it's like it's in on the joke of the seriousness mm-hmm. of it. But it's like fuck it, let's do this thing about goddamn Garfield. Mm-hmm. And it looks awesome. It looks good. I mean, the makeup yep. is cheap, but it still looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I think it's brilliant. The the parallels of John Arbuckle to Jim Davis. I mm-hmm. love the the dream time experience of uh, naked Garfield, and I love the payoff because <laughs> it just go for it. You know, go for it, the, Big Daddy. You you like that? It's bat shit. So fucking bad shit. Oh, let's cry that. Uh, yeah, they do really go for it. Did you log it on Letterboxd? Yeah, I did. And because it got re-added. And I was like, sweet. Because people need mm. to know. And now Is it's it... and now it's deleted again. And, oh. uh, and I go, oh, Letterboxd. And and the, the movie database fascists that want to control our life. They don't let you have porn. They don't let you have internet short films. It's, they're fucking losers. But yeah. hey, as long as you can log fucking La La Land and a Baby Driver, uh, everyone who cares. Well, those aren't really movies either, man. Yeah, I saw some uh, somebody on YouTube cut the one of the I think the opening robbery from Baby Driver to the opening credits of Cowboy Bebop, the music, mm-hmm. and I was like, ugh, this movie can just go fuck off. That's very on the nose, hey, Jer, for the, the crowd base. Do you think that uh, big Rick and Morty guys too? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Cowboy Bebop just fine. It's good. Yeah, I've heard Cowboy Bebop's really good. I think you told me that. Yeah. Yeah, the the first half is kind of goofy fun, and the second half where it takes the somber turn is really good. But mm-hmm. uh, there's the people that's like, that's the pinnacle of all of culture. It's like people who yeah. like think like Neon Genesis is the this top, thing of experiential life and it's like uh you know there's other things in the world folks it's 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 i i, I really like neon genesis but i mean come on there's there's so many other things to do like what um fuck body pillows of characters from neon genesis evangelion for it, instance it, ex- excuse me oh man i never told you that story I don't need to hear that story. It was enough for you to just say whatever you did. I know at least three people listening just 
<laughs> their whole bodies probably just recoiled <laughs> from what you said. I've never mentioned this, but I get uh, there, there's some people. I well, uh, so what? Uh, wait, was that Bagul? Bagul. Sometimes people feel more comfortable messaging me privately. Yeah, and uh, that's cool. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm always on board, and I've had countless people tell me that they are disturbed <laughs> by some of the things you say. They find it. <laughs> questionable and uh they're they want to know when we're gonna get canceled ac- is, pretty ac- much is, it, is it actionable is it well i mean people have been mocked up for last year that's true yeah people have been mocked up for less so uh... even if it is a story you're telling it's uh... a tale uh, no thank you yeah people people are fucked man great Got any news, RJ? Uh, I thought I did. It sounds like movie theaters are going to try to open again oh, soon. Yeah. But that's going to like, what are they going to play? There's no movies. Like everything's been delayed a year except for Tenet. Well, I imagine or something, that right. It's like that accurate. Yeah. That Tenet's still oh, yeah. opening. What? Yep. Uh, I imagine that a lot of these is it because like theaters... is it is it because TNT or or AT and T is just like they need they need your money. Yeah, I think Fuck. so. Yeah, July 17th. That's not too far from right now, bud. No. Uh, what is uh, oh, the premise? A secret agent is tasked with preventing World War Three. Okay. Oh, cool. fuck off. Pre-production. Writer and director Christopher Nolan conceived the ideas behind Tenet over 20 years. The title is a palindrome, reading the same backwards and forwards. <laughs> what? Nolan made a conscious effort to abstain from any influence of the spy genre other than his own memory. (laughs) I don't, I don't Uh... think he, I don't think Chris Nolan is the one to be laughed at. You know, it's like whoever is writing this stuff, as as I've pointed out to you before, there's people are really digging deep to find uh, things to talk about on the internet. Now, you know, they are. Oh, what, what's that? Who's in this? Michael Caine. <laughs> the size of a tangerine. Uh, Remember that line, Jarrett? And, and, and it's got the Black Klansman. The size of a tangerine. That is a really... That's a line in Black Klansman, right? Um, yeah. And it's got the new Batman. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's got a new Batman. It's got mm-hmm. Black Klansman. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Elizabeth Debicki. I don't know. And it's got yeah. D- Dimple Capadia. Hey, I just saw, I don't know who that is, but uh, here's some news for you. Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh? Sir, well, he was Kenneth Branagh? Yeah. Hey, uh, I just found this on Reddit. Ben Mendelsohn has two very similar scenes in The Dark Knight Rises and Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, this is a uh, post on Reddit. What? It has 12 upvotes. Oh, Want me to continue? Okay, this shit, this is okay. Okay, you know, I guess not. I'm, I'm just no, no. I'm just reading this thing. So Nolan uh-huh. chose Washington for his performance in Black Clansman. Washington okay. and Patterson said the screenplay was kept so secretive that they were only permitted to read it once while locked in a room. I doubt that. Patterson, how do you make a movie this way? Oh, right, because yeah. that, that's that. that Patterson based his character's mannerisms on those of author Christopher Hitchens. <laughs> what? That's odd, huh? But mm. yeah, this like I this shit, I I did it all from memory because it's like what because spy movies are all the fucking like the shit house. 
You know, I actually I pieced together I read a, a she, much. More, this is what happens when you read things. Yep, he, I pieced he, together a much more believable uh, alternative to what happened because I remember there was like news articles everywhere. It was like Christopher Nolan broke a long-standing tradition, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And he's just like, he didn't screen movies before they started production like he always does, and uh, I was like, "All right, so and." I was like, so who cares? And they're like, well, he didn't want anyone to be influenced. I was like, that's probably a good thing. I was like, why, why did – I don't think he was like – I don't think it was as dramatic as everyone else is saying. I think he probably just went into it. He's like, let's make our own thing, guys. Let's not try to be uh, do anything that's been done before. <laughs> Despite the postponement of other films due to the COVID-19 pandemic, tenants remain unchanged at Nolan's behest. Some mm-hmm. exhibitors saw it, its potential date as, quote, a totem guiding the industry towards its reboot. In May 2020, Ann Thompson of IndieWire commented that no release date has ever seen the attention or pressure currently placed on Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan's Tenant. Is that true? I don't fucking know. Hmm. All I can say is I find it questionable. No, no Hans Zimmer. That's fine. He's on Dune. Uh, I find all the Dune stuff really fucking annoying. Everyone's so like hot on Dune again. Everyone's, Guys, re- everyone's reading their Frank Herbert. Just chill it with the Dune, okay? I've read Dune. It's fine. It's fine. Just fucking calm down, all right? <laughs> Are you with me or what? I just saw the picture you posted for our podcast. I didn't. I didn't see this. I didn't see this Wednesday, my dudes. Did you did you like it, Jarrett? I found I thought it was very fitting. It is good. That's that's very uh in the wheelhouse. I was almost gonna save it for uh one of my classic zingers, but uh I was like, you know what? This is this will stand on its own. It's stand on its own. Yep. Uh well Yeah. You wanna do this? I guess. Fraud boy. Who? After the break, we're going to take old people into the pool. Cocoon? And just don't piss yourself, okay? Not this time. Cocoon? When you were young, you were the king of cat flowers. And how you built the tower tumbling through the trees. In holy rattlesnakes that fell all around. September 19th, 
I have a new roommate. Of all people, it's Pinky, the new girl at work. She's a strange person, but it's better than waiting around for some fat nurse to answer the notice. On the way home, I took her to Dodge City for a beer. All the guys were riding dirt bikes out back, so we didn't stay long. Edgar pulled one of his tricks on Pinky. She fell for it till the end. She sure doesn't have much to her name, but she does have a sewing machine and maybe will make me a new dress or something. She loves the apartment. I guess she's never lived in a decorated place before. Anyway, we're all settled in. Diary, September 20th. TGIF. Work was pretty much the usual. Pinky was slow as usual, too. What's this? I took her to the shooting range at Dodge City. All the guys were there, and every one of them <laughs> drunk as hell. Yeah, Paul, listen, the cop at the movie to, theater, asked me to come see The Omen with him. But I'm not so sure I like that scary stuff. I'll wait till he wants to go out to eat or dancing. I had a great time today, but Pinky doesn't like shooting noise. Dear Diary, September 12th. I have the strangest dreams. Some of them are weird, like my mother coming into my room with all those red tomatoes. But in this one, Willie came into my room with her skirt full of paintbrushes and little jars of color. I must have seen her that way a million times, but this time she asked me to paint. I don't even like her stuff. She's whacked, all right. What? But I know she's harmless. If she'd just fix herself up a little bit, she'd be real pretty for an older lady. September 28th. What a pain in the neck she's gotten to be. Really? I'd kick her out if I was smart. I don't like the way I intend to live around here. Why don't you just move out? She's beginning to drive me crazy. Nobody wants to come around with her here. She's also not taking any time fixing herself up. And I'm the one who has to look at that face. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about three women from 1977, directed by Robert Altman. The tagline for this film, RJ... One woman became two. Two women became three. Three women became one. Uh, What exactly does that mean? Jerry? What does that mean? An awkward young teen working at a spa becomes overly attached to her fellow worker, a lonely outcast. They hang out at a bar owned by a strange pregnant artist and her has-been cowboy husband. Amid emotional crises, the three women steal and trade one another's personalities. Do they? That's what uh, this synopsis says. Three women. (laughs) (laughs) The three women. Hey, is that anything like Swamp Woman from uh, Roger Corman? (laughs) Yeah. It's the same energy, right? Same energy, same vibe. Much wow. Much wow. Good job, bud. So Three Women is this movie. It's Robert Altman. It's the 70s. 
Mm-hmm. We've we've talked about Altman on this podcast before in passing in our preambles. Uh, I love the long goodbye. I like that McCabe and Mrs. Miller. I like mm-hmm. the player. Uh, I, I've only seen Mash once, and mm-hmm. I wasn't crazy about it. Even Nashville, I was kind of like, eh, you know, Nashville. Is, is that a future creep? Yeah. Right? right? Yeah, name? Nashville's Yeah, in Nashville there, is. Right? Mash is not. Yeah. Name? No, Nashville's in there somewhere, I think. Yes. Yeah. Correct. I, 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 yeah. I Secret Honors Secret Honors, some good stuff, too. But I've never seen Three Win. And uh, you look at the list of its influences on a lot of things that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, people often do make some comments about Mulholland Drive. Sure. Which I find, I mean, they're just, having now watched Three Women, I find like they're so different. I, and I guess mm-hmm. like it could be related. Um, they both happen sure. in California and involve women and identity, but mm-hmm. sure, it's there. Sure. But yeah, I, I went into this not knowing really anything about it other than I know some people uh, who have watched mm-hmm. this film and have had very strong reactions to it that are not in line with my Letterboxd uh, follows. Um, in, on Letterboxd, this is a very much loved film. Uh, is it? I, it, it uh, yeah. If the people I follow, I think it's like probably on average you're looking at four stars, which is pretty high. Hmm. Okay. Okay. But I'll take uh, your word for it. Yeah. I don't know. I found that was striking. I'm like, okay, well, what am I in for it? I mean, on paper, uh, reading about this, I'm like, okay, this could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I own this on Blu-ray. I, I, I watched it for the very first time. Uh, I also watched, after a, a, a quick visit uh, a few days earlier than I normally would, to Wikipedia to find out that mm-hmm. there's sort of a, a loose connection of these quote, feminine psychological films, this a, a sort of trilogy of mm. uh, these movies that Altman made uh, that I was like, hey, I own images. And a mm-hmm. uh, listener of the show, Oliver Granger, recommended that I watch it, I do believe, uh, not that long ago. And I was like, nah, nah, dog. I got to wait. I got to wait till three women week. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. <clears throat> but I was not familiar with... Uh, the first of these movies, uh, that cold day in the park. So I did watch images first and then I watched three women. And then after watching three women, I followed it up with that cold day in the park, which was shot in old Canada itself, Vancouver. What? Yeah. Why? It's just, they just shot it there. (laughs) But why? It's, It's very gray there. It's very gray and unsnowy. Is this a loose trilogy in the same way, yes, uh, like the very... Three Mothers of Argento, like that kind of stuff? Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's no, there, there is no connection between the three movies, like in a technical way. Mm-hmm. Other than it's like there are movies that focus on female protagonists, and mm. there feel... and there's some sort of like something vague in their psychological presentation that's happening. Uh, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Cause we're talking about three yeah. women, which is like, sure I guess the, the last part of this, um, yeah. which I'm sad to report at this point is the, the weakest of the three. Nice. Um, nice. And I would say is a movie that left me fairly disappointed. So this oh, is, so this, so this is described as a avant-garde drama film. RJ mm-hmm. stars Shelley Duvall from the shining sissy mm-hmm. Spacek from Carrie and Janice Rule, who, as far as I can tell, was not in any iconic horror movie. So that's sad. 
Is she not? No. No? No. Oh, okay. Uh, wait, isn't she in The Shining? Sissy Spacek? No, what? Shelley Duvall is. No, Sissy Spacek's in The Shining. Shelley <sighs> Duvall is in, I think it's Christine. And I'm pretty sure Janice Rule is in Salem's Lot, right? Oh, my God. Come on. Right? Come on. Right, buddy? She, she is in The Swimmer, which is an amazing movie. Is that the one with Tay Diggs and uh, <laughs> Juliet? Uh, what's her name? <laughs> you know from you know that girl from the Born Ju- the Born Identity movies, Julia Stiles. Oh, remember her? Or is that Swim Fan? Do you know Swim Fan? I, I, rem- I kind of remember Swim Fan. Okay, Swim Fan. Remember- who's in this? Uh, okay, it was neither of those people. Wow. It was Jesse Bradford and Erica Christensen. But I, I will maintain that Erica Christensen kind of looks like Julia Stiles. Did you know, RJ, the, the three women competed for the, for the Palm Door in 1977? Against each other? Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't even know which woman won the Best Actress Award. Apparently it was Shelley Duvall. For the same movie or for different movies? For three women. Oh. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> am, I don't know. Am, am I RJ now? <laughs> Maybe. Are you confused? I'm, I, I'm very confused. Good. <laughs> Good. Continue. So anyway, so you know what movie three women reminded me of, weirdly enough? Punch Drunk Love. There's like a yeah. there's a look to this movie of hallways and characters ch- chatting and stuff like that. And yeah. they're like they're so different. But I also know that PT Anderson is clearly a Robert Altman fan because he made mm-hmm. Magnolia, which is his love letter I think to shortcuts. Uh okay. and that and that style of like kind of like the multifaceted character uh mm-hmm. study. So I was like, "Oh yeah, watching Three Women, there's just like a, a look to this movie that mm-hmm. just like reminds me of that quite a bit." But after that, there's a real departure. Sure. So, uh, Sissy Spacek, you know, who post Badlands? Okay. Yeah. So, so she's Pinky Rose in this movie. She's t- mm-hmm. she's this timid young woman, and she's going to work at this hell spa, taking old people into this pool in this like California, like small town that people just come to to go go for a soak, get some rehab. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the people that like run it seem to be like real jerks, and the people mm-hmm. who work there all live in this sort of weird, dreary mindscape where they just like kind of don't care what's going on. There's these menacing twins that uh, just don't talk. I don't think. Oh, uh, the uh, twins from The Shining. <laughs> what are you talking you see, about? You see the connections I make here, Jared? No, uh, they don't. I think they. I think they whisper to each other. At one point. The okay, I see. I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so P- Pinky's being shown the ropes by Millie. That's Shelley mm-hmm. Duvall's character. And uh, Pinky takes a real shine to Millie. She really likes the confidence of Millie. She's like kind of like always trying to position mm-hmm. herself to be like, she, she's a very, this Pinky's a very lonely person and is trying to like make connections with the uh, other employees uh, at, mm-hmm. at this uh, health spa, but it's not really working. Uh, she gets to watch Millie, who's also trying to like make connections and talk and talk and talk to these coworkers and other women. And they all seem to be completely ignoring her no matter what she's saying. And, but she doesn't let that slow her down. She just kind of keeps talking and talking. She lives out of a, one of those California style, like, 
they look like hotel rooms, but they're apartments. Mm-hmm. And there's like these men that she's apparently going to make dinner for that pay her no mind. And it all feels very depressing. But str- strangely enough, mm-hmm. you, you read the reviews apparently from the time that this came out where you have Roger Ebert and Vincent Camby talk about this a funny movie. <laughs> and I was, funny how funny i i don't know I, I to me i find that the a very strange thing because i did not think a lot of what i was watching was funny there there was a single scene that i laughed at and i actually kind of laughed like out loud to myself uh but other than the one scene there was nothing i found funny about this movie at all the scene in question jared is when she's bringing uh, Pinky to her house and they're walking upstairs and Pinky goes, who is that guy? And she goes, oh, that's Tom. And then she goes, hey, Tom, how's the cold? And he walks away kind of disinterested. And then he goes, <coughs> yeah. And then just keeps walking. And I thought that was fucking hilarious because you're like, look at how much he doesn't want to be around. Especially in this COVID era. Especially. Especially, but yeah, other than that, no, I, I found no humor to be had in any of this. And this other is, than this is the driest, most like ashen laughs imaginable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Ex- except <laughs> the comically large melon that uh sissy space is eating in the hospital. Did you see that thing? It was like an entire honeydew. Do you remember that? I don't. I got a picture. I'll send it to you. Well, I mean, I guess like big laughs with uh, when uh, Pinky's parents show up and her, and her dad being just like totally out of whack. Ha ha. I, I wasn't sure how to interpret that scene. I was like, are they actually not her parents? I was like, what's going on here? I was confused. You were confused. So <laughs> one thing leads to another and Pinky uh-huh. and Millie, they wind up uh, becoming roommates. Sure they do. And hanging out, paying 50 bucks a month. So mm-hmm. wherever it is, like that, that seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean, they even have the amenities. They have a pool, Jared. They have a pool. Pool. Yeah. With they, a pretty rad uh, inside painting on oh, the bottom man. of the pool. So the, the murals in this, they uh, that this third woman mm-hmm. is making. Some real BPRD who, type stuff, who, huh? Who does not talk. Yes, this like this this weird mythos that's being mm-hmm. laid out before us never really lingers on it. Mm-hmm. Would it surprise you, RJ, to learn that Robert Altman came up with this movie in a dream? Um, no, it sounds like that's how most all, all the stories I hear now is that it was either the director dreamed it, or the writer dreamed it, or they've been thinking about it for twenty years. And, and, it's and, like, and, so, okay. and, and, and they did it from their own memory. <laughs> Did it? That's like uh, Neil Young. He doesn't write his songs, man. He remembers them. Wow. Astute Canadian film goers will know that uh, that little drop there. <laughs> right, Chair? Nope. They still wouldn't. No? Okay. Do so, you want me to explain? So we got Pinky, Millie, okay. and Willie. Sure. And uh, I don't know. But this... the real names are all Mildred, right? Yes. I, I, think, I think that's the twist. <laughs> The okay. big, the big twist. Okay. <laughs> um, there's like a night where, how does it go? Pinky, Pinky keeps like ruining Millie's like her groove thing, mm-hmm. and uh, yells at her, mm-hmm. and uh, says you should get the hell out of my life. 
Pinky does not take well to this, and mm-hmm. she jumps in reverse into the swimming pool. Yeah, I wasn't expecting the reverse, uh, the reverse frames or whatever it was. I was like, "Whoa, did she fall out of that pool?" Exactly. And, like, and it's just like it's it's being reversed, Jared. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, reverse Uno reverse cards being slapped mm-hmm. down in this bad boy. There's a lot of mirrors, a lot of mirrors. So someone really, uh, you know, people like to talk about that uh, Bergman persona. Sure. You know? That, that that's going to get brought up an awful lot here as we're talking about these this feminine psychological trilogy thing. Do you want to clear that up right now? Because I haven't seen Persona. Because I'm waiting until we get to it. So are you just yes or no? No, we won't. Or get is it more it. No, complicated? I don't know. I. It's fine. I've. Never... I mean, I've seen Persona, but sure. uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. People yeah. and, it's, and people love it even more than they sure. love Three Women. Swamp Woman? Swamp Woman. So Pinky survives her attempt to kill herself, but falls uh-huh. into a coma. And, uh, you know, her parents show up. There's This this goes on for quite some time. Like, we're talking like this is like 45, 50 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then she gets better. And now, but once she gets better, though, it's like her personality has changed. She's like suddenly very um, confident and has a swagger. She's like... A real, uh, a sexy beast looking. All, she's on the prowl. Uh, a what, Jarrett? And uh, she's like suddenly uh, hooking up with. I guess is it Edgar, the the film extra, cowboy, uh, or is it one of the other dudes? The another another like home. No, man it's that guy. Like, okay, that's what I thought. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he he's like the only guy that like actually pays them mind. I think, right? Like, that's the thing. Because she, she's always trying to invite everyone back to her house, but nobody ever really wants to come. Right. Because that's what happens before. Did you mention that? Or did I did I just totally not hear that? What's that? The, the dinner party she tries to throw? No, I didn't. I didn't mention that. Because that's what spark. Uh, she tries to throw the dinner party. She's making pudding. She's making pigs in a blanket. She's making crackers with uh, cheese cans on them. And uh, Pinky accidentally spills some of that cocktail sauce on her uh, shirt. And uh, Millie really lets her have it. And in the process, uh, Pinky's taking out the trash and the people come up and they're like, yeah, we don't want to come hang out. And then she goes back and tells Millie because obviously no one really wants to hang out with Millie. It's mentioned many times. Yeah. And then uh, Millie's like, this is your fault, Pinky, Mm -hmm. because you look like a goddamn mess, you sloppy bitch. She says, you got sauce all over you. And uh, so she leaves, and then she brings back that uh, the cowboy guy. Right. He's the only one who pays attention to Millie, Mm -hmm. even though she's trying to get people to come back all the time, you know? Right. So anyways, that's – and then, yeah, and then Pinky feels bad. She jumps off. Then she's in a coma. Yep. And then she wakes up. Yep. And then it's that weird, gross thing you said about how she looks after she wakes up. Well, she acts like she becomes a real sex beast. Sure. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Hanging out with that Edgar guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, th- the roles reverse. Uh, mm-hmm. Millie's trying to get Pinky back at work, but then there's this whole thing that Pinky, no one even remembers Pinky, and that when Pinky applied for a job, she used uh, Millie's uh, social insurance number, mm-hmm. and then Millie's like, well, fuck this. I, I, I don't like my friend being accused of doing something wrong. It was a, a mistake, and you people are horrible. I'm going to quit. And now, mm-hmm. we're all, now we're all going to be unemployed together. 
That's that's sure. that's the solution to all problems. It's kind of like us right now. That's right. So, <laughs> and then Willie, the pregnant lady, doesn't yeah. talk. She, she goes into labor <laughs> at some point here. Then, well, so what happens, Jer? Okay, hit is, me with this. This is what's going on, Jer. Pinky is she is adopting this like fun new persona. She wants to be called Mildred, which is apparently her real name. Yes. Uh, she's smoking, she's drinking, she's hanging out with the pool people. She's basically living the life that Millie always wanted. She's part of the crowd now, is what it appears. appears. So she's hanging out, she's having fun. Whereas things start to shit on Millie now. It's a total recto reverso. (sighs) Precto reverso. What are those crackers called? That's like half pretzel, half cracker. Precto reversos? Doesn't matter. So anyways, they really flip the switch. So uh, Millie's getting annoyed with Pinky again. Uh, but then one night, Pinky or Mildred, sorry. Uh, so she has a real bad nightmare. And she's like, she's like kind of snapping out of it because she's like, you know, I was trying to do this thing, but it's maybe it's not really her or or she had a nightmare and she's kind of changed her way or something. So she goes and she bunks down with uh, old uh, Millie, who is also Mildred. Uh, and then Edgar comes in, uh, rummages through their fridge, opens a beer, and he says, all right, babes, let's get this party going. He said, I've had you. I've had you. Let's put this shit together. Let's make it let's spin it like a, like a pig in a blanket. See, it's imagery, Jared. It's foreshadowing. Um, they get grossed out, and they're like, why are you even here? They're like, go hang out with your pregnant wife. And he goes, she's having the baby right now. She'll never know. Just come on. Let's let's bone down. And they go, she's having the baby. And uh, they're like, where is she at the hospital? You should go be with her. And Edgar's like, nah, man. That, she, he's like, I left that bitch at home. He's like, let's do this because I don't care. So then the girls are like, whoa. Millie's like, we got to go take care of this. We, we, we got to go help with this baby. So they drive out to the farm to the uh, Dodge City, the abandoned amusement park where they ride dirt bikes and shoot guns. Right. Uh, and she paints. Uh, and um, other... Willie, she's having the baby, and Millie's like, "Oh shit, I gotta get this baby out." So she's like, "All right, Pink, you gotta call uh, the ambulance because uh, I do- ain't no doctor, but I'll try." So she tries to deliver the baby, Jarrett, uh, where there is a wave of dreamlike sensation that passes over Pinky Mildred. And- oh, and, and throughout this whole movie, there's like times where there's like water a filter swishing around in front Mm -hmm. of what we're seeing Mm -hmm. because it's like a dream it's symbolism fluidity it's like a it's it's poetry it it rhymes if you get what i mean uh so yeah there is a very it happens throughout but this is a very like it's a long shot that zooms into uh pinky as the wave builds and kind of goes over her and in that time the baby is delivered uh, still, still birth, Jarrett. And Millie comes out and she says, you didn't even try to call the ambulance. And then she slaps her and you go, oh, shit. And then time passes, Jarrett. Yes. Do you want to finish off the time pass or would you like me to continue? Oh, you go right on ahead. You're doing an so excellent is, job, RJ. You, this you, is what you're, happens. You're, you're filling this movie. Man, I, I got so much stuff here. 
So we got, I mean, I could have talked about these ape gill man uh, being painted, uh, very <laughs> BPRD men, you know, they're like, booga booga. And you're like, oh shit, that's spooky. I don't know what that is. They got huge dongs. Uh, and it's a very scary dong one chasing three with breasts. It's like, are those three ape gill women? Who knows? Who's to say? So uh, that lady, she paints the whole time. She's very quiet. And uh, she doesn't, she's not on board with these guys shooting guns or um, dirt biking. But anyways, so we have a time jump and we get this Coca-Cola product placement, which I think is pretty expertly done. It's like, man, that's a good, uh, good advertising for Coke right there. So this young guy's delivering Coke. And he goes to the bar and you see young Pinky. She's even more childish than ever. Uh, and the Coke guy says, someone's got to sign for this. And Pinky goes, I'll get my mom. And she taps on the glass and you think it's going to be Willie outside as happened earlier in the film. Uh, but it's actually comes in and it's Millie. Not really. And she has adopted the role of Mother Hen, uh, mm-hmm. I think is what some people call that. She signs for it, and then she says, Pinky, go on, get out there, and you tell uh, that, uh, that old lady it's time for dinner. Uh, so uh, Pinky and Willie sit on the bench for a while. They tell some stories, a little bit more cash. And then, uh, oh, the Coca-Cola guy, as Millie is signing, she says, man, that was – damn shame that edgar uh, had that gun accident you know he was so good with guns who who would have thought that he'd be the one to have a gun accident and she goes yeah it's too bad uh and then she goes and she makes uh makes the dinner for uh, the other two women and she says come on in girls we are not one woman or two we are now three women we are now swamp woman so uh they they come together in the end <laughs> with new roles but yeah, so Millie is the mother and uh, Willie is the aunt and uh, Pinky's the daughter now. <laughs> and scene. And end the movie, Jared. <laughs> yep. To which I went, looked up and I went, huh? <laughs> so so what, what the fuck is this movie about? What is this? <laughs> well... I just sent you a, a picture of the okay. the man who painted the murals in this, okay. Bodie Wind. Bodie Wind? That you, doesn't sound like I, a real you, name. You go take a look at that. What you, 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 you drink that in. It's not what I was expecting, to be honest. No. This guy looks way more like uh, Hang Loose than... Uh, I was expecting like an H.R. Geiger type dude, not this oh. surfer boy. Yeah. Huh. Interesting, Bodie. You don't name a guy Bodie without him being a surfer with a mustache, huh? Pretty much. You you, yeah. you get what you pay for. Yes, yeah. So you, yeah, like the paintings are a big theme, and you don't really like. I guess it's just like actual literal imagery of three women being terrorized by the same guy. It's dream imagery. Sure, I thought they looked cool. Yeah, yeah. Some of them were quite nice. They're fuzzy. They got scales and stuff. That one dude's got a huge dong just like ripping out all the time. Huge dong. <laughs> huge dong. Uh, so, Jarrett, I uh, I was confused by this movie. Not yeah. that I found it like hard to follow or anything. Right. But when I was done, I was kind of like, what is the, I was, I was kind of like, what was the point of that? And I understand yeah. this dream logic where a lot of people are like, they're like, it's his dream, man. Dreams don't always make sense. And it's a metaphor for uh, 
three people like coming together and like living out other roles. And it's like, I guess, but I was like, I don't even really understand that in the sense of the movie too, because it's like Pinky's like role reversal. It's like she goes from this super shy, timid person flip completely flip the switch it's like i know people can like sometimes change their image or like how they present themselves but i was like this feels like out of character for her a little bit because it's like it's so drastic and i guess that's what people do too i don't know well old bob altman he Uh said about this film it's about empty vessels in an empty landscape i don't i don't really feel that i don't i mean i'm like okay is, yeah. this some, is this some LaVentura uh, times here? Maybe. And I mean, he made the movie, so he can say whatever he feels like. But uh, I mean, sure. But at the same time, like, yeah. okay, well, I mean, tell tell me a better version of this story, please. <laughs> like, I don't sure. know. Like, it's doable. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I felt like so underwhelmed by this. <laughs> I was yep. like, fuck. Like, watching him, like, I, I, I drifted off, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was just like, oh, my God. Do I want to rewind yeah. this? I'm like, does it matter? Like, I don't feel like there's anything oh. that, like, I don't know. This isn't that Juliet of the Spirits thing where I'm like, I feel like there's something here. Because I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. No, I, I know what you mean. Hands, so, hands, uh, hands up in the air uh, is me. I don't know. I have not much to, I, I didn't, this, like I said, I like Robert Altman movies, but I guess I, even though I do like some experimentalness, I like some avant-gardeness, sure. this just isn't grounded enough in anything for me. And I kind of nope. go, this isn't uh, this isn't my type of thing. That's okay. I think that's totally fine. Like I, I think I, I'm pretty much right there with you. But don't you worry. You let Papa take it from here a little bit because I got some, I got some dream theory analysis. I know. I was talking about Freud earlier. I know what I'm doing here, Jer. I know okay. what I'm doing. Uh, actually, I don't have anything like that. But a few things. One thing that I actually think is pretty well done in this movie is you go from a. I can't remember where I heard this. It was in the last year or two, and it was either about movies or TV. But uh, there were someone was talking about character development. Uh, this is gonna drive me crazy. I'll try to think about it. It was I think it was about TV, and they're like proper character development is like when you have a character that is either one thing and then turns into a different thing, or it's like a gradual thing in a cycle, and. That's confusing, but the re- the way I what I'm talking about is with Millie, with uh, old Shelly, uh, not Shelly Duvall, other Duvall, right? What? What's her name? Shelly Duvall, the one yeah, that's Shelley in this Duvall. movie. Yeah, with Shelly Duvall, you have a great character kind of like arc where it goes from, I think, absolutely like disliking a character to sympathizing for a character, because that's kind of how I went with her. Whereas, like, I think she's so unlikable at the, at at first because it's I think everyone's known one of those people and like you know sometimes you are that person too even unintentionally where you're like trying so hard to be part of like a group or like be close to a person and they really don't want it and it's they do a a really good job at showing her be like that with like everyone where it's like oh these are all my friends and but no one talks to her no one likes her there's a scene where she's talking about like how she hates tomatoes but then in the next scene she talks about like she's like i'm gonna go home and have a can of tomato soup and it's just like the the like ridiculousness of that it's like this lady doesn't even know what she's talking about she hates tomatoes but she loves tomato soup and it's like it's kind i get that but anyways you go from like disliking her to then you actually kind of sympathize for her because when Pinky's like not like when she's caring for her because you're kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of you reap what you sow a little bit. But then when she starts to like be mean to her and then she's 
you're kind of like, oh, you, you almost feel bad for her now. So I, that's a very long-winded way of saying it. I think there was a nice character arc for her, but the other things, like, I don't really understand the flip with uh, with Pinky. I was like, it was a little too much. And then Willie is, like, completely non-existent. And I guess that's his point. Well, is, is it because vessel? Willie is the dreamer? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I think it does a good job with, like, that character, but I do find... I found on the whole, I was kind of just, it's like I said, I didn't find it like hard to follow. I was, I was just kind of like, what is the point of this? Like, I don't really, it's, I don't know. It seemed like malign. It's just like, you're like, I'm all right. These people are just doing shit. And then here you go. And then it's done. And like, what even happens at the end? Like they kill Edgar and then like, that's it. Like, yeah. is that it? I guess. And then they have a commune. I, I, I will I'll, I'll say I'll tell you this Jared I was very underwhelmed by it and I was a little bummed because I was like oh I thought it sounded like a cool movie mm-hmm. it has a potential but man, it just wasn't yeah I don't know I don't know what people are loving about it yeah um I, I'm sure people on YouTube will inform us will let us know how we're idiots um, I'm sure so I mean on the flip side um so I watched the other two of these thematic movies that belong okay. to this trilogy. Um, I'll more talk about maybe the images first, because that's actually the first sure. movie I watched, because that's what I was planning on, just was watching Images and Three Women. But then I wound mm-hmm. up going back and watching That Cold Day in the Park. And Images from 1972, I think, is like a pretty terrific movie, uh, mm-hmm. particularly in comparison. It basically is a American giallo, which yeah. I'm pretty sure that no one wants to talk about Robert Altman making like a... Like a an American giallo horror movie, but this fucking movie had like quite the goddamn jump scare. <laughs> like where I was like, what the shit? Like the, the, uh, the screaming. Yeah. The, well, particularly yeah. like when she, uh, she embraces, uh, Odo, her husband. Yeah. Um, Udo at, here. no Odo from deep space nine. You'll know, you'll know him one day. Okay. All right. I thought, um, okay. That's her husband. And, uh, they hug, and then there's this breakaway from she looks at her husband to discover it's another man, and she mm-hmm. screams, and it's like, what the fuck? And then you cut away to this man, you're like, what the fuck? And it's just the intensity of it. It's like, whoa, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, and images, hey, what a, what a shock. This movie is filled with images, RJ, and some very great haunting images, particularly this one of... Um, our, our lead, I can't remember the name of the actress right now, but mm-hmm. her like looking down on top of a kind of like a cliff face down across a river bottom to uh, her cottage. And mm-hmm. then of course she looks down as a car pulls up and it's her getting out of the car. And you're mm-hmm. like, huh, okay. And But they keep going back to that mm-hmm. like time and time again. And you're just like, I don't know what this means. Susanna York, that's who it is. Yeah, uh, you don't know Susanna York, you idiot. <laughs> She's in Superman. She has such a different haircut here. Idiot. Yeah, I didn't know who it was either, but I all I remember I think when I think of Susanna York is um yeah, you she's in Tom Jones. Oh, she's also in the silent partner, Jarrett. There you go. So I, don't remember, I, I don't remember her in that as much. Uh now that I saw that she was in it, I do because she is like she's the female lead in Silent Partner. I forgot. 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, and this movie also uh, with uh, Rene Aubergenois, Odo. Who, who doesn't love him? Uh, he's a great, great man. Altman, Altman loved him. But yeah. it's also got uh, Marcel uh, Bouzoufi uh, from The French Connection and Z uh, sure. as, as her dead affair lover. Who sure. now is like just showing up as a kind of a ghost, and he says, "Hey, you should point that shotgun at me." <laughs> and then she shoots, and you're just like, "Whoa!" This movie just takes turns, and then like a family friend shows up and tries to have his way with her. He's a real, he's a real like hunchback type. Yeah, he's he's got a weird like um, uh, like his stature, like the way he stands, it's really like unnatural. Like he's got a really small torso or something. <laughs> Like a really small torso. You wait and see. Also, Susan York was uh, Alec Guinness's daughter in Tunes of Glory, Jarrett. Oh, yeah. Again, just she, but she doesn't like, I don't she know. She doesn't stand out. She doesn't like, like yeah, she doesn't have a particular look, I is guess. Is plain and tall? Not even, though. It's like, but she mm. just, yeah, she just kind of was like, oh, she's just like this generically pretty blonde woman that could yep. be anyone. Sure. That, could I guess, be you like, or me. Could be you or I. Mm-hmm. Hugh Malays. I'm just looking up the. Is it Hugh Malays who plays the guy that's like not leaving our. He's like in nothing. He's I like, know Hugh Mungus. Hugh Mungus. Well, Hugh <laughs> Millis Malays. He's like uh-huh. in McCabe and Mrs. Miller and like uh, The Wicked Lady. And, uh, <laughs> and which okay. is. Oh, shit. That's a Michael Winner movie? Hello. She seduced, robbed, and murdered. That was on her good days. Wait, she was robbed and murdered? Well, the wicked lady. That sounds like the played end by of her story. Faye, played by Faye Dunaway. Who 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 hasn't Faye Dunaway played, am I right? Oh, what the it's got Alan Bates in it? Who's like looks a lot like the guy that we're talking about, Hugh Malays. Wow, what a what Humongous? A, humongous. <laughs> Lord Humongous. <laughs> I got you again. Um indeed, indeed. So yeah, uh, I, I think Images is a, a super interesting movie mm-hmm. uh, and it's got some it's got one of the best fake body drops of all time which uh, one the one where the it's her oh, body going over she... the waterfall yeah I don't think that was a fake body dude oh you mean uh, they were like hey this is going to happen no matter what we might as well get it on film well I think Robert Altman's the kind of guy who goes for authenticity so he's like let's find a drifter a homeless woman perhaps and uh, let's throw her off the cliff yeah, <laughs> we'll pay her twenty bucks. Pay her twenty bucks. You know, uh, yeah. Images is a really good dude. I I think they do a super good job. Um, the way they layer in like all of the uh, like the schizophrenic things, where it's uh, like the stuff I thought was the the most well done was um, when she's on the phone and it changes like who she's talking to as she's on the phone, and like the weird the way that she kind of like bobs around never knowing like what's actually real i was like this feels like a super authentic representation of what people who are schizophrenic kind of describe it as like not like being in in tune with uh like with time really where it's like the people who are kind of walking around it's they're lost and they like float back and forth i thought it was a very very good job very good job yeah um, yeah. And then, so the the earliest of these three movies, that cold day in the park from '69. Mm-hmm. Here's the synopsis and tagline: uh, How far will a woman go 
Francis uh, Austin, whose well-appointed apartment overlooks a park in Vancouver, one cold day observes a rain-soaked young man on a park bench whom she assumes is homeless. Hoping to repress her loneliness, Francis invites the boy inside her home to get warm and ends up encouraging him to stay. The young man accepts her every hospitality, food, clothes, profuse conversation, and a room of his own. Little does she realize that her guest is not the person he appears to be, nor, for that matter, is Francis the woman that she appears to be. So this movie is a little bit more straightforward, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. it, but, but you're, the entire time you're watching it, you have no idea where it's going. It has a real... Uh, like images it has a tension to it where you're like part of it is like because you don't know what's going to happen next you're just naturally Mm -hmm. kind of drug along and you're like huh i want to keep watching because i have no idea what's going to happen it's it's a very exciting feeling particularly in this period of time where i feel like a lot of movies you just watch you already know what's going to happen by the end and it's Mm -hmm. and it's really uh pretty tedious uh watching like movies in theater because of that Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the movie t- kind of takes advantage of the Vancouverness of the space, like when they're out on the outdoors. But I mean, it could be like any coastal place, like a San Francisco, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I was and the interiors. I'm not. I'm assuming they're probably shot also uh, in a real location in Vancouver, but hard to say. It has a very different light. Vancouver, I always found, is like even during the summer, it's a very gray place. The, the, light, the light is just mm. weird. And I've commented on this before whenever I watch movies shot in Vancouver. It, mm. the, the light is always kind of weird. Maybe it was shot in an Arby's in Vancouver. Maybe, may, mayhaps, mayhaps. Uh, this mm. movie depicts probably one of the grodiest uh, ex- sex exchanges, I think, captured in film. And of course, it happens in Vancouver. So, mm. well, this movie, so what happens is uh, as the plot synopsis goes, this very lonely well-off woman she her only friends it seems are like the pair her pair her dead parents family like her dead parents friends like they're Mm -hmm. all old senior citizens and she's kind of like in her 40s and that this is her whole life and she kind of sees this young man without like socks on out in the pouring rain and she gets like on a flight of fancy her like her helpers her like maid and uh uh butler they've left for the weekend so she invites this guy up and she just keeps talking to him he pretends to be mute and just because this is something that he's done i guess you learn okay. later on and he just goes along with it and uh there's this like sort of like low-key sexual tension that's there there's this, like o- obviously this opportunity for this to happen but it never really happens mm-hmm. uh, but then eventually after like a prolonged like whole evening together he gets kind of put into this bedroom and then i think on the second night he sneaks out and you get to see his actual life where he's from this like massive home where like all the, there's like too many kids and him and his like older sister they basically are living like hippies like in a mm-hmm. communal sort of way and they're just kind of like you know living life very loosely and he like kind of can sneak in and out and this woman uh played by sandy dennis she's like fine with this i guess because she's just that lonely that she's okay with this guy just coming and going and like mm-hmm. kind of pulling a fast one on her i guess uh there's one very up there's a scene that i found strangely upsetting as far as uh she buys him some new pants and uh okay. he just puts them on without any underwear he just goes all commando and i was like really aware i'm like huh he's gonna get his uh Eventually, he's going to take a shit. He's going to get shitty ass all over those pants. 
Because these were like very tight-fitting, <laughs> late 60s, 70s-style denim jeans. And that's going to chafe. Can you state your name again, just for the record? Robert? No, not fair. Not fair. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Mac DeMarco video where it's uh, overrated, underrated, and they're talking about underwear. Uh, underwear, And he says underrated. He's like, doesn't matter. He's He says... I'm very diligent with how I wipe and how I clean myself. And he says, no matter what you do, unless you take a shower afterwards, he's like, you're never going to get it all. Mm-hmm. So he's like, that's what underwear is for. He's like, it's protecting your pants. Uh, so I feel like that's kind of in the vein of what you're saying, right? 100%. Yep. I think that's fair. Are you going to get a bidet in this uh, new uh, no toilet paper world or what? Eh. Eh? So that cold day in the park movie that we're sure. talking about. It like watching it really kind of uh, solidified this sort of nebula of movies that even we've talked about, and they're actually all Criterion movies now that I look at it. Mm-hmm. But Knife in the Water, Midnight Cowboy, The Graduate, mm-hmm. it, it's these movies are all coming out in the late '60s, and they're about like young men being kind of seduced, brought in by older women. And I'm mm-hmm. like, is this like sort of like a statement of like the younger generation? And like this sort of struggle against the older generation and the seduction of like materiality and like com- creature comforts. And like, you can just have a nice comfortable life. You just have to give yourself over in a metaphorical sense. And because these movies are often like dealing with like, like uncertainty of these youth cultures of the, of the youth culture of the moment. Uh, that At least that's when I feel like when, with knife in the water, which was, I think what 65. Um, and I was like, I, I was watching it. Cause like that movie, I think, really under deliver two, I think when we talked about it, whatever it was several months ago, mm-hmm. uh, but in the cold day in the park, it, it just seems to work a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. because, but I love this like vibe that Altman's capturing, I think really well with this images and less so with three women, because three women, mm-hmm. I feels like it has almost no direction at all. Like it is like, there is no plot. Whereas the cold day in the park, it doesn't really have much of a plot. In fact, I've seen some people criticize this movie for having no third act. Cause it mm-hmm. kind of just ends on this note where you're just like, Oh shit. It feels way more real and serious when it ends that way. And it doesn't give you any resolution or closure, but yeah, there's some like scenes there. just like, fuck. And more like people getting stabbed in chests. That mm-hmm. seems to be a thing. Maybe that's what three women was missing for me. No one's getting stabbed in the chest. I mean, there's a dead baby in Three Women. Yeah, but I mean, dead babies. Dime a dozen. Uh, sure, I know I know you're a fan. Hey, having not seen A Cold Night in the Park, my only guess is that maybe it's about the matriarch, Jarrett, and old uh, England. The olden times? And the seduction of being protected by the queen. Oh, okay. Do you see what I mean? Maybe it's Shakespeare, or maybe it's just Oedipus complexes. And, 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 all Va- these- and Vancouver. Sure. Where where else are you going to find it? Where else, indeed? Uh, I mean, that one sounds good. I, w- I would have liked to watch that one too because I did like images quite a bit, and like three women. It's like you said, people are going to just sh- people won't get this far. I'm sure into the episode and before they start shitting on us. I thought it was fine. It was just it's kind of yeah. like you said it. It's like almost directionless, and I know. But people are going to be like, that's the point, man. And it's like, it's very clear. It's like, I, I know that too. I know what the movie's about. I know what happens and why it happens. It's just like my, my point at the end was, I was like, I was like, what is it? What's the point? What's the point of this? 
This, no, is, no. this is some real Night of the Hunter stuff. <laughs> exactly. What is the point of that movie? You know what? We're going to get more uh, hate for that movie. I know. Than any in, movie in, our, in, in, the, in the build, the slow build of, <laughs> of oh, Just and, of the burial of that movie that is beloved oh, by everyone. Oh, everyone. Everyone but us. <laughs> so it's not good, you guys. We'll get there, okay? We'll One get day. There. Just, Five years from so. now, stick with us. We'll, mm. And we'll have to watch that, watch it again, and be like, "Yeah, I know, I get it. It looks really nice." What Night of the Hunter? Yeah, it's fine. It looks, Whatever. it looks very nice. But any, hey, you want to hear about who hates three women? Hates? Yeah, I'm sure there's quite a bit. Okay, then. Hmm. Yeah. Half a star from Jake Malls. Huh. Okay. I've truly never been so bored by a film that I became frustrated, truly frustrated. This shit was so boring. It drained me of my mojo, baby. Oh, come on. The last time I was this bummed out by my dislike for a movie was fucking Cold Pursuit. That shit sucked, and this sucked more. (laughs) People said, wait till the third act. Wait till the third act. What the fuck was I waiting for? The most boring shit for an hour and a half would not be saved by an incredible third act. And unfortunately, the third act of this was dog shit. (laughs) Fuck, I'm so goddamn mad this shit pissed me off. Sorry, fuck. I hope I I have the energy to watch a movie again. (laughs) I mean, I think that's a a bit much, Jarrett. I think it's a bit much uh, for a person who gave eighth grade and Mandy of five stars. <laughs> I think it's a bit much. I mean, this, 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 is, this, this dude, movie, this movie has got more in common with Mandy than a lot of things. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, th- this person actually has a lot of similar interests to us, like the fly, the uh, other five star films, the fly, the lighthouse, uncut gems, video drone, blade, blade, Jarrett. That's right, my friend. Uh, but I don't know. Let's have a peek at these half-star films. Oof. Oof. Not good. Not good, my man. Okay, so three st- or half-star to three women. Another half-star to Roar from 1981, the Lion Big Cat movie. Mm-hmm. That is not a half-star film, my friend. Not a half-star at all. And like other things in here, Blood Harvest with Tiny Tim. It's like, I don't know if that's half-stars. No. What about the fanatic with the uh, ah? Come on, come on. There's something to like there, right? There's, there's. It's got a little bit of something for everybody. Sure, sure it does. Why not? Yeah. Uh, next up is the return of Doctor Christmas. Whoa, that's pretty. Wait a minute. Half... Do you think that Justin knew? I don't know. Half a star. <laughs> what the heck did I just spend two hours of my life watching? I hated it. It was dumb. Now I'm mad at this movie. <laughs> Everyone's so mad. I wasn't Why, mad. I, I was just like, huh. Well, it's kind of like I said. It's like, well, it was like, what's the point? I don't know. Like, yeah, I wasn't mad either. Uh, you know what? I bet you people love writing papers about it. Oh, there, sure. There's probably tons of material to write about this movie. Yeah, and Dr. Christmas has a ton to talk about, too. I think they've updated their bio since, uh, was it two weeks ago? Yeah. When we were talking about it? I think a week uh, ago. Yeah. Their watch list is La Ventura, which I find hilarious. Um, do you want to hear this weird con- – I don't know if this is even interesting. Who am I? I'm just a guy who really, really likes movies. I love them more than food. I'm pretty opinionated, but I try not to be snobby. I enjoy all kinds of genres, Jarrett, from something like Starship Troopers to The Time Traveler's Wife. I watch a huge variety of things. 
but I have a particular fondness for anime and its <laughs> general gleefulness to go completely insane. Uh, there's a bunch more here, but I'm not going to read any of that. I'm just going to go ahead and go to other half-star films, which include Three Women, Amarcord, 12 Years a Slave, Battle of Algiers, hmm. and then the only one that's actually maybe where it belongs, Beyond the Black Rainbow. <laughs> just because. But, uh, I mean, five-star films, it looks like it's just anime. Uh, <laughs> Pacific Rim, because, of course, Vampire Hunter D, that's a pretty cool movie, but uh, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know Dr. Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's not a five-star movie. Get out of here. One and a half star from Ethan Peterson. Ethan Peterson? No. Do you think there's any relation? Well, it's slightly different spelling. Oh, yeah. I didn't get it, but that doesn't even matter to me in this case. Out of the Altman films I've seen so far, this is the most bloated and dull experience, the worst shot, the worst acted, by far the worst scored, and the most empty. It didn't engage me at all. Everything felt like it was thrown in without thought or purpose. There was also no sense of place or environment like in Altman's other films. Everything felt very static, but not enough to be interesting and unnerving. This guy likes anime too. <laughs> Uh, which, I mean, I like anime too, but it's, uh, I, I find it, I find it humorous that so many of these people are just big anime boys for whatever reason. And they're watching three women. And they're watching three men, women. I mean, like some of this person's five-star films, like kind of make sense, like Full Metal Jacket, Come and See, Stalker. Those are like five-star films for this person. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can see kind of how you got here, but... I mean, they also gave Call Me By Your Name five stars, Jarrett. And uh, Images five stars. See? But Roma just... and the new Suspiria five stars. Yeah. No, Images is the goods. Images is the goods. That, that the should be in the criterion, goods. but it's only in whatever, Arrow Academy. That's what it's on. Oh, it doesn't sound very interesting, whatever that is. Arrow? You, yeah. You've certainly, oh, you've certainly borrowed many an Arrow video. Wait. Arrow is actually full title is Arrow Academy. Well, they have a different line. They have Arrow Video, which they put like their movies that you've borrowed, but they also have Arrow Academy. And that's oh. their that's their criterion line. I think. I could be totally wrong on images though, but I know that they do have their secondary line. Okay. That's what I was throwing off there for a second. I was like, Arrow Academy, what the hell is that? Hey, you know where else this person's wrong? They gave half a star to Watchmen. Get out of here. Get out of but here. But actually, this person and the last person both gave The Amazing Spider-Man 2 a half a star. I was right. Arrow Academy. Oh, it is? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Classic. Weird. Oh, my God. Jarrett. What? I'm not going to read it all, but <laughs> I just noticed uh, one of their popular rev reviews is for uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And it just, the first, it's half a star. The first word is, I'm furious. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. But this person's got – I mean that movie does suck. But like uh, damn, this guy's furious, dude. <laughs> furious. Uh, Talking about Tenant and the Irishman in the review. What the hell are they, you doing? How does that relate it to Rise of Skywalker? Uh, like, uh, uh, here's another one and a half star from Jessica. Ugh, okay. fuck this movie. Like, I somewhat enjoy the first hour, but it goes on and on and on. Then it gets really fucking weird and pointless. Slow burners are fine, but my God, let there be a payoff. Um, 
Okay, yeah, well, there, and there's and there's definitely people who like talk about, oh, I mean, the movie is really slow burner, but then it takes that turn when the other shoe drops, and my goodness, you're in mm. for a ride. You're like, what, what, what shoe, what drop, what shoe? I'm actually on board with uh, Jessica's five star films, Django, Boogie Nights, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, pretty good stuff. And uh, I don't know. Actually, they don't rate a lot of stuff. Ooh, one star to Lost Highway. Yikes. But one and a half stars to Hereditary. That's pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> Ooh, one and a half stars Grand Budapest Hotel. Yikes. Hell, any other thoughts on three women? Go watch Images instead. Instead. Yeah, and it's like it's what you pointed out. I suspect we're gonna get uh, bullied for this on the internet. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, we're gonna be cyberly bullied. I think it's it's whatever. Go watch all those movies people talk about. Persona, Mulholland Drive. Just watch those instead because they're clearly better. Yeah. Punch, so pu- watch Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> sure. I I never picked up that connection. But, I, I it's just like it's a good there, movie. There, there, so there's we'll just like it. there's something about the colors. That reminded sure. me of, and obviously they're very different. But I think there is like a kind of a desaturated quality to this. Like the, sure. I don't know. Again, I'm colorblind, so like maybe I see colors a little bit differently. But I found like there was a palette that was like on, and like the the emptiness of the California landscape, um, the, the the isolation and loneliness of the characters. I think there's a little bit there, and uh, P, that old PT, he's a real cinephile, a real weirdo. And uh, I guess maybe that's the best thing that he got out of this movie was Punch Drunk Love. You're colorblind? I am. Have you ever mentioned that on the show before? Uh, probably. I don't know. idea. Hey, I, I'm, I'm colorblind. <laughs> oh, okay. After the break, mm-hmm. this episode abruptly ends. With, but there's water... In your ears. Just wait for the other shoe to drop, Jared. Three women full of shit. Three women, more like swamp woman. It's it's no swamp woman. Uh, yeah, they're full of shit. Sure. You can email us at criterioncrews at gmail and tell us if we're full of shit. The answer sure. is yes. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's the Barn Loaf. Mm-hmm. We're on YouTube. 
We've got a Patreon. We're on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, other platforms that exist probably too. Sure. But not Spotify. Why not? They don't let us. Next week. Okay. Episode for us. And spine number. What, 202 is our next episode? My goodness. I don't know. That's like a palindrome. Did you, isn't that crazy? Did you know that Tenet is the same front and back? Well, I you know I've been planning on this next episode for twenty years. Oh, did you dream it once? I I made sure I have not listened to any other podcasts in preparation, mm. and we're going to and we're going to release it next week. Okay, that's live. What about Corona? Spine two thirty one. Huh. Fritz Lang's Testament of Doctor Mabuse from nineteen thirty three. Okay. And apparently we're going to be joined by a uh, Patreon co-host. Which one? Uh, a new one. Huh? I, uh, <laughs> what do you mean new? Like, new new to me? New to I, you. It's going to is be... it someone from Letterboxd? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> is it someone who's emailed in? No. What's going on here? I don't know. We're going to find out. Well, I guess next week two are going to become three, and three will become one. Exactly, we'll be three men and a baby. No baby. Well, the baby will be the podcast, and it'll be stillborn. Whoa! <laughs> okay, we we gotta we gotta finish this off before we get canceled. Uh, yeah. So, hey, folks, next week it's Mabuse week, or as my autocorrect would say, Doctor Manure. Dr. Manure and the Mabusi boys? Yeah, 1,000 eyes of manure. Damn, that sounds spooky. 